There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of This Week in League is brought to you by Manscaped and the new Lawnmower 3.0. Get yours at manscaped.com and use the code TWILLNATION at checkout to receive 20% off plus free shipping. This week in league, the Broncos left with the foot in their mouth after soft players have trouble with penetration and finish before the full-time hooter. Newcastle over the moon with the acquisition of Blake Green after he brings a wealth of experience already playing beside a failed origin halfback. David Nofaluma shocks the world by pledging his support for Donald Trump and showing that he can actually stay on the right wing. Plus, we look ahead to all the action for round 13 of the 2020 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 362 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. What's happening, dude? Oh, you know, another week of living in rugby league paradise. Penrith undefeated for the entire fucking season. I thought you were saying rugby league paradise as in, as in Queensland, where we can go outside and as the fans on the Sunshine Coast showed, you can actually fucking jam in, jam into a stadium, see some footy. <laughs> Pretend it's real. It's not like that was televised around the fucking nation. Yeah, but I mean, just for some context for the people who want to get fucking, who want to feel a certain way about it. This is what happens if you fucking stay inside when you're told. You can do this and shit. You can have nice things. You can go out to the footy. Yeah. You can go to restaurants. You can go to the pub. You don't have to get locked exactly. up. You don't have to be locked up in, in, in some fucking Dickensian fucking winter locked in your house for six weeks. Because yeah. you're a fucking sovereign citizen. Or you want to- You can also have sh- shit things if you want them, like many people in Queensland do. <laughs> you can have fucking, you know, I don't know, there's that, what's that fucking- Broncos memberships, Willow that's Bank a shit thing place. you should have in- There you go, that's <laughs> it. You can fucking have that too. You know, you can have other shit things like all of Logan and anything yeah. south of the fucking Brisbane River. Yeah. You can choose yeah. to have- Absolute shit things like that, too. So, you can have nice things. The land where these fucking fish stick looking Jeffreys reside. And shit things. Who, might I fucking add, were allegedly part of a fucking criminal conspiracy to hack, you know, designer goods and stuff like that and come up here because, obviously, the market for fucking stolen Louis Vuitton handbags is stronger in Logan than anywhere else in the country. The fuck has Logan ever given anyone except Corey Parker and Cam Smith's cunt of a wife? <laughs> yeah, well, so there you go. I'm glad you enjoyed the footage. I, on the I heard there was another story. There was another story where three people were trying to you know, sneak over the border as well. And where the fuck were they going? I'll give you one guess. Logan. Fucking Logan. Exactly. Unbelievable. Fucking hell. 
nothing good. I mean, like, a, Australia's shame is, I mean, obviously, Victoria's undefeated. I mean, they want to be number one. Guess what? You're number one at being Australia's shame. Yeah. But I tell you what, if you want to talk about Queensland's shame, apart from their state of origin team, it's Logan. It's like, here's the thing. Like, you talk about Australian crims, you know, you've, yep. you, you're, like, Ivan's always going to be Ivan. Um, mm-hmm. The fucking, who's the Port Arthur cunt? Marty Bryant. Marty Bryant, see? He's always going to be him. But Logan is the fucking Dennis Ferguson, right? <laughs> like, it's not as fucking grand and overarching as the other two, but fuck me if it isn't somehow worse. And so that would then, in that, extending that analogy, then um, Victoria would be like the, the Cardinal George Pell. Well, that's where he's from. Yeah, well, you know, surprise. You know, it's, a, it's such a shocking, shocking surprise that he's from there. And a fucking obvious AFL fan. Yeah, obviously. So, vis-a-vis people that like AFL touch children. Yep. Yeah. Welcome to you, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to you, listeners. Uh, this week in... <laughs> I'll tell you what, another one, another one of our favourite pastimes on this show, though. And, uh, you know, when you think... Hang on, it's, please, yeah, please Christmas clarify that. Is... Uh, is, is let me finish my sentence. I mean, because if you just cut it off like that, it sounds, you know, it sounds like we're like AFL fans or something, and that ain't, and that's not the case. Um, <laughs> How good would that be the, uh, if that gets into the common vernacular? Like, as oh. like AFL fan becomes like a like a synonym for rock spider and things like that. Did, did That'd be hear, great. Did you hear about that new PE teacher? Apparently, he left his last school because he was a bit of an AFL fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, they, you get, they, get, they get into jail and it's like, you know, what did you do? And it's like, oh, I'm a Richmond supporter. <laughs> and straight into protective custody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of our favourite past, pastimes, um, as well as kicking AFL, is uh, doing news stories about the West Tigers. <laughs> 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 and... Uh, this one, look, I want to be up front. This is obviously a fucking non-story. I can't believe it got printed. Uh, but it's hilarious that the world environment exists around the club where these things can be stories. The West Tigers have moved quickly to shut down rumours Michael Maguire could walk out in the club and take the reins at North Queensland. Ivan Cleary left Concord mid-contract less than two years ago despite seeming to publicly deny reports he would do so. I respect the contract that I have with the West Tigers. I respect all of the people and the supporters. I intend to honour this contract, he said at the time. (laughs) His well-publicised exit to take up a head coaching role at the Panthers has only intensified an already existing rivalry with his former club. It seems now that lingering hurt from Cleary's defection (laughs) has left the twitchy Tigers wanting to get on the front foot early. When (laughs) rumours circled that Maguire was being sounded out for the Cowboys gig, Tigers officials were quick to call a meeting to clear up his position. We heard the talk, and your mate, Justin, met with Michael straight away. Tigers chairman Lee, uh, what's his name, Hagi Pantelis, told the SMH. From our discussions with Michael, he has assured us that he won't be tendering any offers or expressions of interest from other clubs during the course of his tenure with the West Tigers. He's a quality person and given us his word, so I take him on that. Mm. So, this is an opportune time to remind everybody of exactly how the fucking Cleary situation went down. He had a contract, and he was in a position to honour the entirety of that contract. Uh, He was offered an additional contract with a different club 
only after his current contract had come to an end. So there was no poaching, there was nothing. Uh, and the place he was at was enough of a fucking dumpster fire that he chose to take up that contract elsewhere, not even giving his current employer the opportunity to renegotiate with him because he knew that there was nothing they could do. Uh, they then went to him and said, well, if you're going to do that, we're going to get our little fucking panties in a twist and we're going to demand that you leave early. So that, that mm-hmm. that's how that actually happened. Which, let's be, let's, let's be fair, every fucking club pretty much does. Yeah, same thing. Except- it happens so often when a when because a lot of the times when a coach when coaches leave it's not that often that they leave somewhere and slot into somewhere correct like they've got the, that they've got somewhere lined up that they leave yeah. and transition from one to the next because you know there's things like you know the ability to you know poach players or whatever yeah, like it. salt the earth on the that's way it. out that's why that's why when well I mean you think about like I'm just trying to think of current situations I mean admittedly there's a lot of fucking tenured coaches out there. But um, but like Des Hasler, he had a, he had a couple of years off before yep. he went from A to B. We come up with a situation where there is a a, a, a switchover from year on from year year on year. Seabold yep. and Bennett, and what happened then? They were both switched a year early yeah. because it's untenable exactly. to have fucking coaches have a whole year with a playing group when they're leaving the next year, especially with contracts you know running out and all this sort of thing. Yeah, so. It's not an. It's it wasn't an uncommon situation for Cleary to do what he did, especially because I mean, he, 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 you know, the other fact is he was going to to coach his son. Exactly. Which is, which oh, let's face it. I mean, look, that's and and it has and nothing like, to do know, with the story. We, but I do, I do always know. enjoy bringing up how certain it was that Nathan was going to the Tigers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you'd have it. You'd, you'd you'd make the eight oh, this like, year. Yeah, but let's but let's be let's be real. I mean, it is that's. Obviously, was Penrith's imperative to make sure they got Ivan back to ensure that that wasn't a possibility. But um, because Nathan had had come out and sort of leveraged the the you know made the situation important because he would you know he's saying like you know he wants to get coached by Dad again sometime. Yeah, that's it. And and the Panthers like well, fucking we better get him in there because before his contract runs out just to yeah. just to cross the T's exactly dot the I's. But having said that, I mean that's there's there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with him taking a job after the conclusion of his existing contract. Correct. And if they want to fuck him off early, which I think is probably you know, which is probably prudent in the modern age, mm. they did that. Yep. So the only real issue with any of the any of the parties here is the West Tigers cuck fan base because they're the ones that get frothy about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would also like um, to point and obvi- out- And obviously the Tigers administration's frothy about it too because they have to go and fucking bail up on Madge and be like, please don't, you know, please don't leave us. I, I would also like to point out that before any of that shit went down, Gus approached Justin Pascoe with an open checkbook pretty much and said, let's make all of this happen out of the fucking spotlight. Mm-hmm. What, can, what can we do to fucking grease the wheels here? Yep. And instead of getting a fucking positive outcome of any kind for his club, uh, Pasco opted to get fuck all. So, well done. What a great negotiator he is. Fuck yeah. You, so that's that's so, so that's that's the history of why the West Tigers are so jittery, and uh, and now are basically sh- they're, they're showing all their cards to Madge. That they they're just they're so insecure. You would want to <laughs> hope that you know, a la Trent Barrett at Manly that there was nothing that was even remotely promised to him at the Tigers that he's not getting. Yeah. 
you know. Um, the- but it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter if you get if if you get it though, because Trent Barrett got everything he wanted. But before, the off season before he started, they've upgraded the gym to the tune of like half a mil. So like, he he basically just you know we've spoken about this in previous episodes. He used his protected status among yeah. the media to try and spin his own story, and I mean you know. But uh, yeah, you, it's great because now you, he's because now he's going to be coaching the dogs. You're right. There's nothing to that so, story. So I say people get what they deserve. Yeah, there's, there's nothing to that story, <laughs> but a little bit of fun. Um, yeah. Look, there is that thing of there's no uh, smoke without fire, but but really, I, I've got no idea where the rumor started. Um, I hadn't heard the rumor before the article about them having a meeting with him came out. Yeah. So that so the the rumor must have been. Very internal. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Mm. Anyway, on to I'll tell you news. what, knowing they're so receptive to rumours like that, we should try seeding all sorts of shit and see what they jump. <laughs> see what makes them jump. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, just just leave, leave Justin a voicemail and say, uh, you know, can, can we just confirm reports that Robbie Farr is interested in becoming the CEO? And just wait for him to fucking issue press releases. Just would we'll just you just leave it, leave a voicemail and go, you know, Justin Anthony Seymour here. <laughs> I just want to make it absolutely clear that I will not be allowed. I will not allow my position to be overtaken by by Mick McGuire. <laughs> I've heard the rumours that he's coming up here to take the Broncos job next year, and then <laughs> and then boom, done. <laughs> We've met with him to because exactly. let's face it. I mean. All coaches are looking for an upgrade on their position. And so, I mean, why wouldn't Madge be interested in the Broncos? Yeah, spot on. Spot on. Speaking of the Broncos. Please do. Segway. Katoni Staggs was the victim of a uh, a, a revenge porn situation yes. yesterday. Where uh, he had a, there was a, con- a consensually taken video of uh, him... Can I just start giving the giving giving a young lady the the most mediocre forty five seconds of her life, <laughs> and and it, it it had been spread, and with reports today saying that the video came from a rival NRL club. Can dun dun dun. Can, can I put it in there though? Well, yeah, yes. What, NRL what, what, journalism. Yes, stepdad, you can. Get like a very a very half half limp thing and uh, and try and get it in there to the best of your ability. Let, let me get my slightly flaccid point of view and just try and jam it in people's ear holes. I got a real fucking problem with this being called revenge porn. Now, revenge porn is actually a thing where that means that the girl that would mean in this case for it to be revenge porn is that the girl he was with, right? That he has broken up with her, and she yeah, and she's and she's maliciously released and it. And she has released this. That's what they're investigating to though. try and get back to him. Yeah, but if another club has come across it, mm. if she's given it to a friend, and then somehow yep. through fucking twenty pairs of hands, someone in another club has come across it, and then they've leaked it to the media, that's not revenge porn. Yeah, I don't think anyone leaked it to the media per se, did they? Just sort of just or put it out in the out, yeah, whatever. But but if it was another club that was sending it out widespread, that's not revenge porn. Yeah, so must be very careful. It's a very fucking sensitive, real issue that people deal with. I'm very frightened of it. 
<laughs> Why? So I have a lot of people out there <laughs> trying to get revenge on me. Because <laughs> sometimes but I say this is, things this is that the... aren't exactly true so that girls <sighs> take their clothes off. Yeah, well, be that as it may, I would like to think that Although, <laughs> if a video were to emerge, my game's tight. You watch that shit. Enjoy that shit. Pick up some... Get get some pointers. Fucking <laughs> go for broke. No. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't... I, I, yeah. You have more confidence, man. You should be more confident. You ever seen that? Like, yeah... Did you see that Planet Earth series recently where the fucking, you know, walruses tried to tried to make it back down to the beach, but they fucked well, up. Well, they were jumping over the cliff. Yep. <laughs> Imagine a human face on them. That's pretty much what I look like. <laughs> like just, just uh. flailing fucking body parts going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then just a bloody mess at the end of it. <laughs> So, Katoni Stags has been cleared, yeah, as he should be. I mean, like, you know, it's it's one thing, you know, to even allow allow things to to record things yourself or to allow. I mean, he recorded that himself. I mean, he was in charge of the the selfie view camera. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. I mean, he adjusts it several times, um, and I and I suspect that 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 the difficulty he had with the uh, grasping the nuances of cinematography in a Gonzo style is what probably just affected his concentration somewhat, and which means he can only get his, his dick like probably 30% erect. Realistically, it's it's come out that the video was consensual. Yes. All of these other ones that the NRL had an issue with. Um, like rat bags and- Was- Like the classic rat bags and the classic <laughs> boot the slut. Big, so et cetera. Big Papi and rat bags. Yeah. Uh, well, Big Papi was consensual as hell. I mean, he just- I mean, unless his ass wanted to take a fucking restraining order out on his fist. No, but he, remember he had the one where he was up in the gut. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, yeah. I believe that that was the issue. So, that they were non-consensual and that the girls had an, an issue with it being leaked. Um, this one's consensual, so there's there's really no story except um, apparently, which is a shame for all you Brisbane-based star fuckers out there, that Broncos players fuck like they play football. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Exactly. A half a half rigid effort. Mm. And only playing for <laughs> I was gonna say there's no part of the game that goes for fucking yeah, that exactly. little time. With- I mean, like, like fuck me, people take longer time lining up a goal. If, if you pan <laughs> if you pan the camera around, there was actually a yep. very dejected looking Anthony Seabold sitting in the corner watching him fuck, concerned about his future. So, yeah, you know, I mean, people want to talk about how fucked the scrums are, but let me tell you, the the, the scrums, the scrum, the scrums were, were <laughs> the scrums last a lot longer and a lot more closer to what the original vision for the, for that activity actually is. <laughs> Next, we have um, this one just came out this afternoon. It just 
and the, the headline is it's it's, it's very salacious. Ex NRL player sent off for wiping blood on opponent in dumb brain snap. And then you go down into the text of the article and it says former Knights and Titans playmaker Bo Henry has come under intense scrutiny for wiping blood onto an opponent in a game over the weekend. And so this is low, guys. Henry was sent from the field just under twenty minutes into what ended up being a heavy fifty-three to sixteen loss for his team Wentworthville against Glebe Burwood Wolves in the President's Cup. Mm. Um. So, the headline says ex-NRL player. And while technically I guess it's correct, if you're a playmaker for the Wooden Spoon era Knights and the Any era Titans, mm, are you really? You? Yes. Thor.gif? Like, yeah, come on, mate. Fuck. But that is pretty, that is pretty fucking do, grubby. And- do we actually have any information on it? Like, you know, did he... Did I can tell you, I can continue the story. They go into it. It said, the incident happened after another former Titan, John Olive, went over in the left corner for a try that pushed Glebe's lead out to four points. Yep. Henry received treatment from the trainer after injuring his nose and was seen behind the play, but eventually started to make his way back into the defensive line. That was right as the Wolves shifted the ball towards the left edge and caught Wente out for their second four quarter of the game. But in back play, there was more drama ensuing. The cameras followed Olive as he dived over in the corner, and it would later be revealed that as the side celebrated his try, Henry went to wipe some of the blood from the knock to his nose onto opposition player Addison Dimitriou. Dimitriou said to have then reported the incident straight to a match official. And uh, yeah. he was sent off. Okay. Yeah, that's fucking. Yeah. That... I just think I it's hilarious in this day and age. Well, it's. It, it, I'll tell you what to say about it. In this day and age, like it's a grubby thing to do at any, at, like on purpose at any time. And like in the NRL, obviously there's far more scrutiny. Yes. You've got you've got your cameras and eyes on everything, so the referee knows what's going on, and, and and he'll get the call to say, look, get that guy patched up, or get him, you know, behind the play, or get him off if you can't. Yep. Obviously, President's Cup's going to have a... I mean, it, it did have commentary, but um, it's a lesser level of technology and scrutiny. But it under under any circumstances, any time, it's fucking grubby. It's a grubby thing to do. But then you, you put it into this current 2020 germaphobic, yeah. like, you know, with the pandemic shit going on at the moment... And obviously, it's not—it's no way to spread a pandemic. But when everyone's being so fucking ultra cautious about things Bio like social security, distancing, et cetera, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it—it it just makes it even fucking like far worse. Yes. Yeah. It, again, so, oh, fuck you. That's more than a brain snap. Anyway. Yeah. Fucking it gross. Is, it is. Get off. It is gross. And uh, that's all we got to say about that. Mm. Support for This Week in League is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And they are precision-engineered. Their technology is absolutely fantastic. But I want to give you something that's a little bit closer to home. Well, first, like first, first let's, just, let's just say that we've availed ourselves of the, uh, the new Lawnmower 3.0. As part of the perfect package, so when you want to, when you're speaking about the alternative, we understand that this is the this is the goods. I, I assume that you've had a chance to uh, 
you've had a chance to uh, review the review the uh, technology. Do you, do you see? So, because we're doing this episode remotely, yes. because of Rona, the hair that you can see on my face and head, yes, is the only hair left on my body. There you go. That's fair Everywhere to say. That you, it's fair to say that un, unchecked, you would be a Wookie. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I, my, my natural state is that every day I wake up in hope that I can open the newspaper and go straight to the fucking jobs classifieds and see that they're taking castings for a live stage performance of Gorillas in the Mist. <laughs> and I would be able to play uh, a baby gorilla, maybe. <laughs> Just with that sort of... <laughs> Like fuzzy down <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> but why do we need it? Tell tell me why do we need it? I mean, you have a lot of experience in the you, you're you're in the dating game again, so you've got to yes. be you've got to be you've got to be sharp and on top of the game. Let me tell you a story. Right from my youth, I remember how important manscaping was. Now that that's the act, not the company. The company wasn't around then. Yep. Talking, talk, talking about the act. So, scaping was always the, the goods, and and it's a courtesy. You know, it shows that you're a caring, generous lover. <laughs> and so, after I became single again, after uh, I ended things with uh, with the ex, I thought, well, I'd, I'd better get get back into some serious fucking grooming down there. And I used the tools available to me at the time which was uh, a pair of scissors from my kitchen drawer which is a fucking terrible idea it's a fucking terrible idea like you think you've known abject terror I don't care what you've done bungee jumping fucking haunted houses anything nothing compares to the abject terror of trimming your fucking ball hair with a pair of those giant pink plastic handled fucking kitchen scissors <laughs> they're probably brimming with fucking salmonella on them but anyway i digress uh i'd also taken in the opportunity to use some hair removal cream and i'd come home from work <clears throat> was ready to to go out on my date and i was running a little bit behind time so I've, you know, given a, a very, very broad application of this hair removal cream and, it's, you know, it, like it, it does, it, it does a job, but it's not. Is it like, in, nice. is it like, is it like, you like rub on and then rub off and it's just done? Like you gotta put it on, you gotta set a timer. Um, otherwise, you know, make sure your fucking skin doesn't blister mm-hmm. and end up looking like the bad guy at the end of Robocop. Which, <laughs> the guy that gets run you know, over. <laughs> And like you, and you, you and I think that's cool, but no girl wants to find that when she takes her fucking pants off. Yeah, but I mean, but but having but having said that as well, I mean, like if I just so happen to catch a fucking glance of your tackle, I, I probably don't want to see it looking like fucking Freddy Krueger either, though. And that's the unfortunate thing, because I am going to send you photos if it ever looks like that. <laughs> but <laughs> can I just say, let me just uh, take a, a sidebar, <laughs> sidebar from the sidebar, three four times. Over, over the last like probably two years, you have sent me <laughs> all sorts of fucking photographs. 
<laughs> shit, yeah. the shit that no one ever needs or wants to see. But yeah, <laughs> well, continue. You know, one, one of those two. <laughs> and so I've gone out uh, on my date, and I was lucky enough to to impress this young lady enough that that she thought it was a good idea to take her clothes off in front of me. And we're there, and she started, you know, kissing down and unbuttoning the buttons on the shirt, and she's going lower and lower and lower. So I know where this is going, and I fucking put the hands behind the head, (laughs) (laughs) ready to go. And she gets down. Now, I I don't know whether uh, you guys have come across a a website. It's growing in popularity. I believe it does fairly well. Uh, It's called Pornhub. (laughs) One of the categories on that um, is, is gagging, and that's basically where girls will stick a dick so far down their throat that they, you know, half suffocate themselves and they're gagging and spitting and all of this terrible stuff. And she's down there. And for the first time in my life, I start to hear gagging noises (laughs) when a girl is sucking on my dick. To which I had this beautiful moment of serendipity where I thought... I'm Rocco. What? <laughs> you know, look at me, I'm Rocco. <laughs> Maybe I measured wrong. <laughs> Maybe I measured wrong. Um, and that was going. And the worst part of it was, as she started gagging, I've started thrusting <laughs> more heavily for <laughs> this poor girl. And it's finished with her (laughs) throwing up mushroom risotto that I'd fucking paid for at dinner all over my crotch and the bed sheets. And the beauty of fucking Manscaped is I went to fucking town with this thing yesterday. And I did it in the shower. Mm -hmm. So not only can you go fucking two for one, get ready for your dates or your dinner or your special occasion or just getting your dick sucked, you fucking disgusting animals, clean it first. But you also avoid putting noxious chemicals all over your fucking junk that some poor unsuspecting member of society is going to put their mouth on. Realize that anything that's designed to make hair drop out of your body after nine minutes of contact is not a good thing to go in people's mouths. I mean, like, like, yeah, what, yeah, wash your shit too. I mean, just, just a sidebar. This is the thing though. I was, I was in the shower. You had yeah. to take it off in the shower. Uh, but those days are behind this, you now. This thing is fucking quick. It's easy. It's got a little fucking light on it. So when you, you know, bending over to get the fucking untenable asshole region, especially if you're in the shower, absolutely fantastic. Well, that's the thing with it. I mean, when I read the features of the LED light, I was honestly like when you know, on paper, you read, you're reading that feature and like, who cares? But in exactly. practice, it's actually very fucking useful, I find. Yes. This was an absolute fucking game changer. And this comes from somebody that has tried 
almost every way there is to fucking make it look like I'm a couple of inches <laughs> better than I am. <laughs> so let's go into this. Let's go into the stats though. 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. It's the Lawnmower 3.0 is the one that we have. And uh, a ceramic cutting, uh, a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce accidents, meaning nicks and gashes, I presume. <laughs> a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes. So even if you're, if you're Adam Elliott, you've got all the time in the world to get your shave done. <laughs> and Put it this way. Yeah. I went big toe to neck. <laughs> <laughs> and you still had, and you still had plenty you still didn't run out of bats. And it, it it didn't even do that slow down thing. Yep. Yep. And as you, as you've mentioned it's uh you can do it in a shower. It's water resistant so you can do all your grooming in a shower, which is probably the best pla- best place to do it anyway in terms of mess and safety of the uh the tender areas. Yes. But um comes with the charging stand, powered by USB. Yep. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TWILLNATION at manscaped.com. That offer is now officially open. And something you only just mentioned to me yesterday that I hadn't thought about, perfect timing, given it's the first week of August now, the end of the first week of August, perfect timing for Father's Day, which is but a month away in Australia. That is the absolute fucking perfect time to get one. If you're going to get one, get one for you. But, now I'm speaking to the half of you degenerate fucks who A, actually know who your father is, uh, and B, could stand your fucking mothers (laughs) to stick with them now. But, your poor mother, every fucking Thursday night when he comes home from work and it's fucking, you know, gobby night, he knows what's on. She knows what's on. We've been married for fucking 40 years, so no one fucks around with any sort of pleasantries or showers anymore. In getting one of these for your dad for Father's Day, you are actually doing a favour for your wonderful mother. Reach down now, pull out a fucking fistful of your own pubes, and stick them in your mouth. Get them right down the fucking back of your throat. Feel them in there. Feel that fucking... <laughs> That's what your fucking mother feels like once a week. Save your mother and buy one of these for your dad for Father's Day or your fucking stepdad. Who cares? Manscaped. It is the fucking goods. I love it. And do it for yourself. Do it for, I mean, do it for yourself. Yeah, but mostly for your mum. <laughs> but if, I mean, like, I don't know how things work in your family, but... My mother's life's not going to be affected positively in any way, shape, or form by the fact that I own one of these products. <laughs> yeah, I know. But if you're Buy only going to get one... Yeah, if you're going to get... So you're saying get one, get it for your old man. Yes. Right. Get two, get two. That's fine. But if you're only going to get one, get that fucking bird's nest out of the back of your mum's throat. <laughs> and there's a slogan if I've ever heard one. Get that bird's nest out of the back of your mum's throat. At manscaped.com, use code TWILLNATION at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Fuck yes. Righto, recaps. Thursday night, we kicked off the uh, the round with the Rabbitohs, 32, defeating the Dragons, 24 at Netstrata Jubilee. The uh, Rabbitohs, 32, came from a hat-trick to Alex Johnston. 
as good wingers do. A double to Cody Walker. Latrell Mitchell also on the try scorers list. Mitchell, three of six conversions and a penalty goal uh, necessitated by the uh, lack of Reynolds there after a while. And uh, the Dragons, 24, tries a double to Dufty. Uh, Ewan Aiken, Tyson Frizzell and uh, Michaeli Ravalawa with tries. Zach Lomax, two of five conversions. Now, I've got to say, this game, but particularly the first half... Yes. ...was fucking very very entertaining. Fuck, it wasn't it just. It was it was some of the most entertaining gameage that I've seen this season. For both teams, there were there were plenty of positives to take away from this. And I know that's a cliche, but to look at what each of them did, like the Dragons, especially in their offense, are running together, they're running in numbers. It's not that fucking one out obvious play bullshit that they were serving up for most of the beginning of the year. Uh, Dufty, in given his full time role at fullback, mm-hmm. he would go a long way to to be the most improved player this season. If there weren't people like you know Isaiah Yo, um, Nathan Cleary, Abby Corrissau, just just to name a few. Uh, but when you look at that modern fullback, you want somebody that's going to fucking press around the middle and follow up just like Teddy does. Yep. But who can also chip in on those fucking sweeping backline plays and a couple of passes he threw. Like, his pass to Aiken was absolutely fucking magical. Absolutely fucking magical. Um, then for South, you know, Cody Walker. Yep. We haven't seen great Cody Walker since he was absolutely head-fucked in State of Origin. That's right. You know, he, he just hasn't been the same since. And I don't know what it was. Was it, you know, how important Indigenous round is to him? Uh, was there something else going on there behind the scenes? But whatever it was that fucking motivated him that night, he wasn't he wasn't back to, to how he was pre-Origin fucking. But Jesus Christ, if he continues that trajectory, especially yeah. in a team with no Reynolds, which is typically meant for South that they get directionless and lack game management. Mm-hmm. He really fucking stepped up there. Yep. As he had to. Mm. But uh, for the Dragons, it's, uh, there's a match-winning lead they relinquished. But, I mean, that lead, as well as they kind of played at the start of that game, it all came off the back of South's errors and kind of weird chancy shit too yeah. like you know for, so so and once the Rabbitohs cut that out and started getting through their sets then that was when they rolled on and, and you know decisively won from that point on yeah. but having said that in this modern game you've got an 18 point lead you want to fucking hold on to that shit it <clears throat> it speaks to I think the psychology of a lot of teams in this day and age like gone are the days when you can put 18 on and comfortably manage a team out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, these days, pe- people can come back at you in six, seven minutes. Absolutely mm-hmm. fucking ridiculous. Uh, yep. But, yeah, no, South showed good determination to get back into the game. All right, hit some tweets. First one on that we'll give to at underscore JDHD44 Dragons fan on Twitter. Uh, said, I made Corey Horsburgh look like a rational human being after that one. <laughs> <laughs> John in our Facebook group said why don't Souths want Johnson something something kick them out I fucking agree Dan 
said, Did Mary complain when the bunker fuck-up on the Frizzell try went in their favour this week? No, didn't think so. Be a man and acknowledge your square-up. Oh, you know, I don't think fucking anyone's ever going to do that. Uh, Winston said, So my Dragons played like a real football team for about as long as I last in the sack, including cuddle time. The worst thing is I cannot self-medicate with alcohol as I am on call. When does this season end? For you cunts in, what is it, eight weeks? Dragons fans yeah. only have eight weeks of misery. Steve said, random question for anyone at the game. Do they really play the South team song every time they score, even though they're away? Or is the TV adding that? I noticed it a couple of weeks ago. Do you know the answer Honestly. I honestly don't know. I mean, as as yeah, as as listeners would know, I mean, the vast majority of the game is watching without sound on anyway. Uh, so I I wasn't aware they were doing it anyway, and I uh, and I I would say that if I don't think the TV would be doing it right. I mean, in an away game, I mean they try to be like contextually appropriate for the sounds that they use. Here's the thing I noticed as well in the Penrith game. Every time the Panthers scored, they got that Panther growl plate. Yeah. Okay. So are you saying? Is, 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 I don't think. Well, well you know what? Home team. Home teams aren't doing that for away teams. So it must be TV. Or are they still doing the crowd noise? Is, no, that's what. That's what I mean. Like the, was it's that, the TV. Oh, was you, that by Fox or was that by at the ground? That's by Fox, wasn't it? I don't know. Anyway. Didn't have to be. Uh, yeah, that's probably know. what it is. Uh, Tristan said, makes me think about that funny posted article with the Gronk disqualified from the tournament for using mini Mars bars. Years of this shit means that even the most casual of Dragons fans know that if you're going to go mini, you don't even take them out of the bag. Ha ha. There we go. Is that it for tweets? Yes. Warriors 26 to feed the West Tigers 20 at the SCG. The Warriors 26 came through tries to Carl Lawton. A double to Peter Hiku and uh, Tohu Harris. It was almost a hat-trick to Hiku as well. Uh, Tohu Harris with a try. Uh, Nick Rima, four of four conversions and a penalty goal. The Tigers 20 tries to Mbai and Nofaluma, McIntyre and Tommy Talao uh, conversions. Mbai, one of two, and uh, Benji got one as well. Um, another highly entertaining game. Another game where the Tigers came out looking dominant. And then it, eventually it fell away. And then the second half in particular, absolute nightmare fuel for fans of the West Tigers. It, it's just interesting that for such a fucking disciplined coach like Madges, mm-hmm. and if anything, that's been to his detriment over the years... Like the stories of him, you know, remember he was overtraining them yes, at South and bringing players in when they had other commitments and, and was just working them and working them and working them. Yeah, burn guys out. Yeah. They, they look as if they actually don't have a proper idea of what they should be doing in certain important situations in the game. Like it, it almost just seems to be that, um, you know, inexperienced team or, or lower grades team just okay, you, you got some guys that can run and, and pass and kick, but but there's no cohesion there in putting an 80-minute plan together and what you're going to do to wear this other team down and make them vulnerable. 
The thing is, though, I mean, the thing with I mean, Madge can you know burn burn guys out or not or whatever the fuck he wants to do, but for the last couple of weeks, he's the period since the Corona shut down the 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 competition, he's been just fucking like just punitively punishing. Like he drops fucking Benji. And then, then you know, then he he goes, he rolls with Brooks and, and Reynolds for a little while, and that worked for a little bit, and then that didn't work, and Reynolds gets suspended, so he's like, okay, so so Reynolds is gone, so then you know, Benji's back, but no, now we're dropping Luke Brooks, and we're doing going with Walters and Benji, and he just keep he keeps chopping and changing, but he's doing it so quickly, he's not really allowing any time for these new combinations to settle in, and because it's like if someone if if someone in the halves has one bad fucking game. They can find themselves dropped out of the seventeen entirely. Yeah, that's it. And that's it. And, and you know that seems to be less Madge like. And maybe it's because he's got more options. He's got pieces. You know, he's got a, a number of pieces that he can fit into. You know, those two holes. Yep. Maybe he thinks, well, fuck it. I'll just you know just chop and change and just see what works. But the, man, it's, the, it's after halfway through the season. The interesting thing is, you're absolutely right. If you look at that first half. The Tigers completed that first half at 96%. Mm-hmm. At 10 missed tackles, only two errors. The, they were up there in, in all of those stats that tend to matter in games like yep. this, um, but just didn't have the, the cohesion or, or long-term plan there to, to really put the Warriors away. And this is a team that, again, have every fucking reason to have mentally checked out. And and like they have every other week, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like that. I, I I feel like they need to be invited into a game enough, deep enough, yep, to be like, oh fuck, actually, you know, we're on this week. Yeah, exactly. It's on, and then they, you know, hmm. anyway, <sighs> hit some tweets. Dominic, no doubt they'll be salty. They are. Oh, look, I don't know if salty is a word, but Dominic. Said Chris Lawrence winding himself and the Warriors getting penalised for it still couldn't stop the mighty Warriors roll through these cunts. 15 Warriors plus two Eels and a Panther equals Tigers sucking my dick from the back. It's your fault for Ashford, you flops. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> Underused insult. <laughs> you flops. <laughs> Fucking great. Uh, Michael said, how many will Madge drop next week? Can't count the whole team to the sidelines. Yeah, close. Matt said, as a Tigers fan, I've never been more disappointed. Uh, at Warriors Suck Balls on Twitter said, Peter H. Two Pies Tohu H. Panther Jack H. So good. August Ice or Rocks. Hashtag Hiku Haiku. Yeah, that's a better one. Uh, oh, our good mate King Levius said, Warriors win and Broncos somehow lose to that Sharks team. Fucking rugby league. What a sport. Broncos are so shit, I'm going to organise a bunning sausage sizzle to raise funds for the Firehawks to take over Lang Park. I feel you are uh, <laughs> succumbing to the hate is more powerful than love narrative. This <laughs> has been well in play. Um, and at Rick the Warden on Twitter said, Todd Payton revenge game. There you go. Was that you that showed me that article a little while ago? Which one? That, is that said... Anyone that ever calls themselves a Rick is actually a Jerry. <laughs> like, 
I've no, I, no, no, that wasn't me that showed you that, but I mean, like, that sounds like a valid, uh, valid scientific concept. There was some somebody who showed it to me, and it was like calling yourself a Rick is the most Jerry move in the entire universe. <laughs> and let's be frank, the West Tigers are the fucking Jerry of the NRL. Yeah, yeah, they are. Or they're, fan, or they're fans of the Jerrys of the of NRL fandom. Correct. Yep, yep, I hear you. That's uh, it. Spoiled by Levius, but the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 36 defeated the Broncos 26 at Suncorp Stadium. The uh, Sharkies 36 came through tries to uh, Mulatalo, uh, Talakai, Jackson Ferris, uh, Sione Katoa, Tracy, and Hamlin Ueli. Uh Sean Johnson, 6 of 6 conversions. The uh, Broncos 26 came through a double to Katoni Staggs, a double to Richie Kenner and Reese Kennedy also with a try. Katoni Staggs, 3 of 5 conversions. This game was one of the most perfect games of football as a neutral person to watch. Yes. Reason? Well, for starters, the Sharks were behind and looked terrible enough that this was very embarrassing for them. But on the flip side, the Broncos really, really, really thought they were going to win. And so did their fans. And then the fact that they didn't, mwah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> that is like that is that is the, the the salt bay in its ultimate fucking form. It it was almost going to be as great as when you know when the knights lost to the dogs. Yes, you know like who the fuck was going to lose to the dogs, and it had mm-hmm. to be them. Yep. As a Broncos, uh, you know. Um, Heel, I guess. Yeah, I guess you'd say. Hater. Yeah, yeah, hater. I will confess, though, that there was a little bit for them to be positive about in this game. For, for 60, 65, maybe 70 minutes of this game. Yeah. That, that was them almost playing to somewhere near the potential that they have. The issues that they had a lot of the time was that they didn't capitalize on moments. Like, yes. Like, Xavier Coates is there fucking trying his guts out on every single kick return that he has a take on, but it dies with him. Yeah. Like, you see other teams and successful teams, a massive fucking effort like that from one of your outside backs, and not just a hard carry, that, that's your fucking job. But those really great ones where he takes a ball and then runs around the first defenders there, and you end up starting his set on the 40. Or mm-hmm. 30, whatever it is. That should galvanize the rest of the team to be like, oh, fuck, fuck, here's an opportunity. Get in and get in, get in. And Brisbane do nothing with those sets. Then you look at things like their supposed chief playmaker. When Milford has a broken field in front of him, he's not running. Like he's doing a couple of those little you know, Milford things where we'll run and stop and stutter every game. But you remember, even last year, but especially the year before, when there was a fucking disjointed defensive line, Anthony Milford, even in a shitty Broncos team, and even when he wasn't performing as a a million-dollar half for most of the game, in broken field play, he was about the most dangerous player in the NRL. And that's just completely gone out of his mindset. That's the worrying thing. You know, I don't know if he's playing injured. There's been that many fucking stories about him or, or what's wrong with him. 
Yeah, I mean, in this occasion, I think it might have been injury because they were saying that he uh, he's succumbed to some sort of hamstring injury or something mm. now, and apparently that hamstring injury is just the the logical next step in yep. a slighter hamstring injury that he's been nursing the last fortnight. Yeah. So, but yeah, but you, that's you, that's you, two weeks. That's two weeks of excuses, though. That's not correct. Two fucking seasons of excuses. Yeah, exactly. But you look across, like, even when, when Multano scored his fucking big breakaway try, the fact that it was Flegler that chased and almost fucking got him, if it wasn't for the collar on his jersey fucking coming yep. off, or that, that's the sort of shit that as a, a Broncos fan you'd want to see. Yeah. That's someone trying their absolute fucking guts out for the team. Uh, but to Cronulla's credit, they were good enough when it counted. And when it counted was after it, a fucking dropout. It, it, <laughs> three it only, tries. It took it, it, and it only took him a couple of minutes to get it to 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 get the game back from the breach. Yeah. So it was uh, it was amazing, and so so it was it was you know it just speaks to the the it's a testament to the to the mental or the lack of mental fortitude the Broncos have that the Sharks knew when they got the first one that the second and third ones were on. And that the Broncos gladly obliged. When that first one was scored, they look at the clock and they're like, fuck, the Sharks have got enough time. Therefore, you know, the game has gone. Yeah, exactly. Because after after that, the the tries that were scored were quite, you know, they they weren't incredible tries. The Broncos had defended, you know, fairly well up until that point. But uh, even Darius had some fucking moments. If you exactly. want to speak about like overall effort yeah. of the side, like you look at like the try assists he threw. Yep. You know, um, if you looked at this game in isolation and said to somebody, "That guy there was a great player," what was it, five years ago? Yeah. You know, and he and he's now a fucking elder statesman playing in a young man's position, doing his best. They'd go, "Yep, fucking see that." Yep. Not out of the question. But um, the thing is, though, for these Broncos, are they too far gone? Like, if, if this game had happened three rounds ago, I reckon next week you get the massive fucking bounce back and they come back, build on this performance, and they work towards a win. I think this just multiplies the head fuckedness. All of the positives yeah. in this mean fuck all now because they're too I, far I would agree, them. but for the fact that this week they're looking to get Fafida and Lodge back. So yeah. perhaps they can build on that and maybe Fafida brings something. I mean, or maybe he doesn't because, I mean, hey, he's fucking leaving them. Exactly. So, yeah, maybe maybe his return isn't the, you know, the massive positivity boost that they're looking at because, I mean, it, you know, their player's looking to try and find a way to follow him out the door now. Exactly. So, did you hear that story about uh, about Pingu today? That he wants out too. Yeah, but apparently he's been you know contacting people in Sydney and coaches and things like that, trying to find a way out. I think they've yeah. got him for another another season or two seasons after this. So there'd have to be some kind of you know fuckery going on, you know, to 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 get him released. But yeah, word is. He's been trying to get out. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. It was Fox that reported it. Like, you know, some of those guys like, you know, Kent or fucking Hooper or one of them. But, um, yeah, who knows? Like you said before, with the smoke. 
Yeah, that's it. Here's some tweets. We'll give the first one on that to uh, Sharky Dave. He said, ah, what a game. Broncos fans thought they finally had broken through for a win. Then the Sharks played for nine minutes and took it away from them. Shame that. Very funny. Cruzy said, another week, another L. I feel like we have a team full of poor gallons. That's about what you are. That's the level of fucking cunt circus that your team is. Paul Gallon fucking tried, though. No, he didn't. Fuck him. Don't give him any credit for anything. I give, I give, him, I give, I give him credit for trying. Yeah. And I can't. And I, all I'm saying is, I can't say the same about the entire Broncos side. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Graham said, "Wade is a fucking freak." As a Panthers fan, I wish nothing but pain and misfortune for Matt Elliott. <laughs> oh no, he fucking hurts. Hey, uh, Clevo said, "Probably the bravest win an NRL side has had all season." considering it's actually the New South Wales Cup Jets with Wade and SJ. What an honour to cheer these heroes home. Starting to sense a fucking theme here. They're coming yep. back. Yeah, they're, yep. they're coming back. Uh, Mitch in the Facebook group said, big props to the Sharks, clearly the superior team, but smart enough to keep playing with their food up until the 60th minute. Give the Murdoch Media-owned team a sniff. I can see a few more high-rating, free-to-air Friday night football spots in the Sharks' future. Very good business sense from an elite team who know the real picture is bigger than the ladder. Okay. <laughs> Steve said, that's even Fucking better bullshit. than seeing them pumped 50 nil. Give them a sniff that they're going to win, then rip their hearts out and finish them off with a pegging. <laughs> uh, Cameron said, thanks for breaking my heart again, Broncos, you motherfuckers. Uh, Phil said, Farnsworth is playing great, but obviously not too smart. You're supposed to put the good performances before you sign the contract. There you go. And uh, Toto TV, get the final word with, the only good thing out of this is he's looking forward to the This Week in League Brisbane Grand Final Meetup. Hmm. Nice. More on that later. Hmm. <laughs> the... Uh where are we? The Roosters, 18, defeated the Titans, 12 at the SCG. The Roosters, 18, came through tries to uh, Joey Manu and Mitch Orbison. Flanagan with two conversions and three penalty goals, defeating the Titans, 12, tries to Anthony Don and Philip Sammy. Ash Taylor, a conversion and a penalty goal. Another strange fucking game. Strange fucking game. The, the old cliche rings true that, you know, one of the sides turned up to play and one of them looked like they may have uh, expected to win. The Roosters, yep. are, I think you could accuse of being a, a little bit lackadaisical. The, the Titans opened with a, a cracking pace and if it wasn't for a little bit of misfortune or, uh, you know, more than that, depending on how you look at it, the Titans really should have opened them up early on. Yep. Looking at at what they did, though, for the first two tries in this game, the, the Roosters scored them when the Titans had a man in the bin. Yeah. So they weren't able to actually crack the Titans when it was full team on full team. And I guess that goes to show the importance. The Roosters have had their injury troubles, but you know the, the guys they've got out have really been the heart and soul of their offense in just how crisp it's been because it didn't look like that slowed down too much. It just looked like the decisions weren't automatic. You know, that yeah. Roosters team, when they're flowing and when they're at their best, they know what's going to happen. It's almost unconscious 
in how they execute. But you can almost see them just sort of stuttering a little bit and needing to think about what they're doing instead of it just coming to them naturally. And, and that's to be expected. Um, unfortunately, Flano Jr.'s paid the ultimate price for this one. He's been dropped this week. Um, but with the Roosters, the thing about having a team like you do is that the fucking brilliance just signs through. So when you're having these off periods, it's just the pure fucking class and footballing ability of people like Teddy. Um, Joey Manu had an absolute fucking blinder of a game. Like that tackle he put on to save the try was, was absolutely fucking world-class. I love seeing shit like that. Then you get the, the fucking Titans, who while the Roosters were doing Roosters quality shit, the Titans were doing Titans quality Titans shit. Quality, yeah. You know, and, and that's where in, instead of a player having a fucking absolute game-changing try-saving tackle, you get AJ Brimson dropping the ball over the line. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you get Titans in the, the second half with a golden fucking opportunity right on the try line, a six again call, and Peachy just absolutely fucks the play and puts a kick in on tackle one. Yeah. You know, just absolute dumb shit like just that. Just brainless shit, yeah. Exactly. Um, the Roosters, to me, are starting to look a little bit tired, as if maybe that pace they were playing with and that intensity they were playing with early in the season isn't untenable. Um, you know, we, we I just think this. I just think that it's uh, it's a lull at the right time of the season for for a team. If you want to have a lull, they got a bunch of injuries and shit as well. And I know that Flanagan's been dropped for this week, but I mean, bringing in Lamb as like a replacement, it gives him an opportunity to sort of claim the spot for his own or whatever. But I also think it's just a it's an opportunity as well, like for just some mid season experimentation when it's not going to cost them dearly. You know, in the in the short term, but um, like it might be tired, but it might just be tired. The guys on the field being tired of having to carry the team, you know, and patch over the holes that they have at the moment through you know, injured players and stuff like that. So that's it. But they've been they be making a lot of fucking mistakes, like uncharacteristically. That's and that's really the entire. Th- thing that puts them in the positions when they get in these closer game or losses or, or those periods like even against teams like Parramatta where they where they sort of were asleep for sort of 10 15 minutes after half time and then then you know came back and the way they almost came back who was it the week before where they or the, the game against Canberra where they were in front and comfortable at half time they sort of had a bit of a lull Canberra got in the lead and it still looked like the Roosters were going to finish over the top of them but you know they just didn't quite you know get there yeah, so I think it. that so that part there is probably a bit of a bit of a problem with the the injuries, but there's like I think they're they're mentally not as sharp as they need to be at the back end of the season anyway, especially if they want to challenge for this three P. But um, it's the mistakes that are killing them though. Yeah, and that that's what I'm saying. It, it's almost as if there's a, a higher level of fatigue that sets in earlier in these games. Um, the the only questions that I had over the Roosters at the beginning of the season was the age of some of their players. You know, Jake Friend. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's more mental. I think it's like more mental though. Yep. And uh, and and you know the one co- the one coach in the competition or one of a few coaches in the competition I'm not going to sort of second guess of you know their processes and the way that they do things and especially the way that they sort of stage their entire seasons mm. is uh Trent Robinson because I mean who can fucking say who's going to tell that guy 
he doesn't know how to manage a, a team through an entire season to, you know, to have him firing at the right end of the season. So, yeah, you know, exactly. So, exactly. so maybe he's maybe he's not pushing them, you know, mm. you know, to be as mentally tough as they need to be at the end of the season because that's something you'll he'll you know work them up towards. But uh, obviously, with the drop dropping Flanagan, he's obviously not happy though. No, not at all. And Hammers in the Facebook group said, for real though, if the Titans could just learn to do things like hold the fucking ball for consecutive sets, they might actually challenge the Tigers for ninth. Maybe they will. Uh, Nigel said, heroic victory by the boys today with their backs against the wall up against the team of million dollar players. I think there should be an asterisk on that S. Is anyone else in the Titans on a million bucks? Just Ash? Just Ash. Just Ash. Uh, Norts said, we dragged the Roosters down to our level. Henry had some shit calls, but can't refs fault it. We had our chances and didn't take them. Hashtag so, so brave. Nick said, Roosters injury list is intense. No wonder they haven't won a comp in nearly 10 months. Ha ha. Uh, Nathan <laughs> said, two attempts at goal during a Titan sin bin. Hashtag fucking my multi. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next one. Right. The Canberra Raiders, 14, defeat the Cowboys, 12, at the uh, the Abattoir uh, up in North Queensland. Um, the Raiders' tries uh, came through George Williams and Curtis Scott. Croker, two of two conversions and a penalty goal, defeating the Cowboys, 12, tries to Reese Robson and Jason Tamalolo, and uh, a couple of conversions to Kyle Felt. Again, you know, the, the fucking... I guess, look, it wasn't a fucking bizarro round because they weren't full of upsets, but just teams winning games that, that probably should have won them. But mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ, doing it the hard way. Yeah. Uh, Canberra continued their run of really just making things difficult for themselves. Yeah, but at the um, same time, I mean, that run has resulted in... Like, remember, when Hodgson was injured, you know, a month ago or whenever it was... Yep. It was kind of a fucking okay season over, right? But then I don't think they've lost since. Yeah, that's it. So, so they've actually the yeah. Even if they're just scraping over the Cowboys, I mean, they're still they're they're still doing a good job of just getting the two points when they need it. They certainly for some are. Troops. But just for the cows, I, I remember I was sitting there watching this game, and I felt sad watching Jordan McLean. Like just how fucking good he was before he went to the Cowboys. And I know he's had some fucking cruel injuries and, and an unfair run of those things. But he was close to the fucking most damaging forward close to the line before he went to the Cowboys. And just hasn't been the same since. Um, the Cows were in this one, I, I think, more so because of some lazy camera defense rather than anything else. Yeah. But for the Raiders, Williams is playing well. Papali's playing out of his fucking skin. Whiten's playing, you know, like he can be, just a an unpredictable potential game breaker all the time. Again, I'm I'm not sure that there's too much of a the cohesive plan. It just all seems to be a little bit ad hoc. Yeah. As, as if it's it's all just based around that fucking um, 
like last year they had it, it was either the the BJ and Rapana special or or White and had pulled something fucking magical out. Yep. Um, which, which is unfortunate because with the cattle they've got, they should be one of the better grinding teams in the NRL to get that fucking forward pack with Papali, who is yep. I would wager to say is the most game-changing forward playing at the moment. You know, there are other forwards that are having great seasons, putting in fantastic performances, playing massive minutes, putting up massive stats. But there aren't too many forwards who, when the game is on the line, can come up with a play like like Papali's done multiple times this year. Yeah. You know? um, but again, like you've said, the... They're winning games, and, and two points is two points, especially in fucking Rona season 2020. That's all that really fucking matters. Exactly. John. Penrith. Oh, sorry. I forgot about the tweets. Go ahead. That's right. John said, Bateman reminded every frittata on Raiders fan pages that he creates more opportunities in attack than anyone else in the team. He even made Scott look good. How dare he choose his family over the Raiders? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. It was a shame, hey. He looks fucking good. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd forgotten how much I love that guy. Uh, Craig said, wish the Cowboys would start playing a grind instead of always trying to emulate the Thurston Bowen era. Kicking on first play from a scrum in opposition territory, for fuck's sake. That is correct. Josh said, nice to see Scott return to form. I thought Bateman was lacking mongrel early on. A lot of errors thanks to what looked like Wankbest's old ripped-up turf. Mm, Ivan said, wish we'd stop playing to the level of our opponents. Made hard work of that game. Rappner at the back was the only spark we had. On to the fucking match of the round. <laughs> the Panthers 42 defeated the Mighty Manly Seagulls 12 at Brookie. Uh, Panthers had a double to Staines. Um, Cleary, Yo, Crichton, Naden, and Coruscant tries. Cleary, six of seven conversions and a penalty goal. Manly uh, tries to Jake Turbo and uh, George Tafua. Garrick, two of two conversions. Close to fucking flawless. Yeah, for the first time this season, they actually put it together. Mm. And like for the for like pretty much the entire game. Yes. Certainly, certainly for like the longest period of a game. Yes, that's like there it. were no, there were no actual, there were no real periods, there were no real lapses, um, and the completions were like super high. Like I didn't see the percentage, but I think it was was it something like forty one or forty five or something like that. I mean, it was this fucking high, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you know, taken over at the over at the end, and um, and it was just like it was like the most complete performance that they had, and um, yeah, they've been down uh, for a couple of weeks, but they've also been down. Coruscant and uh, and kick out for a couple of weeks too, which it was almost a, a direct correlation to it. Obviously, mm. um, then really that's all. That's I mean, that's that's all. I mean, Manly didn't actually play badly in the first half, and if it wasn't, and the, the main difference was there's too many fuck. There's too many fucking passengers in there that aren't up to this up to the standard. And when I say that, I'm talking about. Regrettably, you know George. Although it's you know not necessarily his you know his fault things that happen, but uh, he gets he gets hung out to dry a lot. But particularly, uh, fucking Lachlan Croker <laughs> and and Brad Parker. Now I fucking love Brad Parker because there is almost undoubtedly no player in the NRL today that gives as much or gets as much juice out of the fucking stone that he has of talent. 
Yeah. I mean, like, he gets more out of the talent that he's been given than fucking any other player. Problem is, he doesn't have a lot. And also, <laughs> I mean, we can, you know, we've got there's some legendary players that we can talk about in this vein, like like Liam Fulton and, in fact, in this game, Isaiah Yo. Legendary fucking players at getting concussed. Yes. Just for multiple concussions and not knowing their children's names and shit like that. But I've never seen a player... He doesn't have he doesn't have the volume of concussions of the of those of his peers, but what he does have in spades is numerous interesting and creative ways and different ways to get fucking knocked out <laughs> every <laughs> whenever it does happen. I mean, he can he can slip over and fucking knock, hit his head on the ground and knock himself out. He can just he can get coat hanging and knocked out. Yep. He can fucking get elbowed in the head. <laughs> while defending yep. and get knocked out he has got he's he's his knockout game is probably second only to historically to fucking Mick Crocker when he fucking got knocked out <laughs> by getting a football <laughs> kick in his hand um and unfortunately with the early injury to to Dylan Walker and then Parker out as well early in the piece what you're left with is a fucking fringe back row who's also not good enough a bench back rower playing in centre on the side of the field where you fucking got guys that like to charge out of line and shit anyway, and it's just never going to fucking end well. But, I mean, having said that, despite all of that and what they're up against, if fucking Lachlan Croker didn't play rugby league like what he thought he should do and he actually just played what was there, that would have half-time would have been like 22-12. And it's still fucking game on. But instead, he fucking throws he throws a fucking massive intercept ever, uh, which results in a, a penalty down the other end. And then it's like, you know, 24-6 and it's fucking pretty much game over at that point. So, uh, it's yeah. frustrating, but I can't wait until we get some of these young guys in. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that's going to start happening now because I see for the first time that I've in history that I can see is that... Uh, that Albert Hopawade, who uh, absolutely, you know, junior star, he's in the twenty-one, I think, for the first time. So, hopefully, that means that's a, a reward for you know his his training and like looking you know, at the pathways open. Uh, I'd love to see him get a try this week, uh, but you know that's that's the main thing. I mean, where Penrith have people that contribute pretty much across the park. Manly's got a couple of massive contributors. But then they fucking got to drag along these these other cunts that just aren't good enough at the moment with the injuries. So yeah, look, Karma has worked out well though. With Dylan Walker gone, that means Custer's back and he's got the position for at least six weeks. So, <laughs> so it's funny the way things work out. And as I was saying the other week, that you know the thing about Desi, you know, he's kind of like he's kind of risk averse, but in terms of you know selections of players. But the other thing about Desi is, and it's a double edged sword. He's like. He shows enormous faith in players and enormous loyalty in players, and then that manifests itself in super strong, you know, bond of team, you know, playing for each other. And also, when it comes to contract time, that super strong bond of team, they want to stay together. And that's when guys start saying, "Yeah, okay, we'll take you know less to keep the group together and all that sort of thing." But the flip side of that as well is that like people, like things like Croker, like that motherfucker shouldn't be there. Uh, and he's proven repeatedly over the last month in particular why he shouldn't be there. But yeah, he he's still fucking he has, there. Look, and, and here's the thing. I I think Manly could have been almost at their fucking best. 
Yeah, I don't think it would have really and, mattered anyway. And, and it, it, it wouldn't have. Penrith went into this game with the best defence of the league in terms of how many points they concede per game. And there wasn't too much that was going to change that. In terms of their mindset, when they got a very early penalty and decided not to take the two, that was a nice positive step. You know, this, this Panthers team, again, hasn't been mentally strong enough to do things like that in the past because they'd do that, have three sets, wouldn't score any points, absolutely head-fuck themselves, and then probably let in a try the, the, the next set after that and just fuck themselves for the rest of the game. In terms of personal battles, Fish absolutely fucking owned to power. Like, just in terms of of never going away. You know, Fisher-Harris, like you remember the game against Parramatta. He had that big fucking run-up. He had that big collision with RCG and he fell on his ass. But he got up and he kept going back and kept going back and kept going back. And that's how he's getting up over his opponents this year. And it's such a fucking great thing to see. He's just saying to them, I will not go away. Whenever you have the ball, I will be up in your fucking guts. I will run straight and fucking hard at you. Anytime that ball comes to me, and I will do it over and over and over again, you will get no fucking rest from me. Then, looking at fucking Yeo, like, he's, if if not the most underrated player in the league at the moment, the most underrated player ever in the history of sport. <laughs> you know? The, the, the guy with the fucking limp and the gimpy leg that ran in the original fucking marathon in fucking the Battle of fucking Salamis or whatever it was, or the Battle of fucking Marathon probably, I don't know, when the fucking Greeks used to run it with their dicks flopping out. Yeah, I think it was the Battle of... I think the, 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 the battle which, uh, which which carried its name. <laughs> then he he was less fucking underrated than Isaiah Yarrow. Well, that guy was that guy. That guy was rated just perfectly. I think. I mean, he ran. He ran pretty far, and then he fucking died after conveying the message he was carrying. Which I is mean, pretty so- much what he does. He run. <laughs> he runs hard and fucking frittas himself <laughs> at the end of a fucking session. <laughs> Looking at the Crichton try as well. Absolute fucking shit cunt defence from DCE, and that's the sad thing about him. Like I know I rag on DCE a lot because he's an absolute socially awkward, annoying piece of shit human being. The fucked up thing for Manly fans must be that he's fucking so solid most of the time. But then it's just these epic fucking blow-ups where he fucks up collecting the Cleary kick to give six again. And then when fucking Crichton, when it goes through, like he's he's there, could have fucking wrapped up the ball that Kikau had, stopped the offload, kills the play, absolutely fucking dead. He put his hand on Kikau's back. Made no fucking attempt to wrap the ball up, no fucking attempt for a tackle. It's that very fucking Warriors-esque thing of, up the ball's past me, my job's done. And that's got to fucking burn. So that's there. But, you know, all in all, everyone in that Penrith team did their job as close to fucking perfection as you could ask for at this point in the year. Um, my concern for this team is how Ivan keeps up that level of intensity. Yeah, I think that's the, that's that's the problem. It's way too fucking early, I think. Yes, and there are teams and Penrith don't they? That's there. That's about peak Penrith right there, mm-hmm. which is which is very fucking good. Mm-hmm. But 
we haven't seen anything near peak roosters or storm yet. I, th- I they, think, just, I think we, saw, we won't see it from them for another two months. See, we, we saw peak roosters, I think, the first couple of rounds after resumption because they'd had such a poor start. You know, Rob, yeah. Robinson had them fucking firing. Like when, when they were just putting shellackings on teams every single week, that I think was close to peak roosters. Um, yeah, you're right though. Peak, peak storm, we're going to sort of see maybe maybe four, three weeks out. Uh, but but Penrith's got eight weeks that they've got to keep this intensity up um, to, to keep this thing running into the finals. We'll see. And shout out to Charlie Staines who can go now. He's got he's got plenty of time to go and you know BNS and fucking eat bats with his fucking country ass mates. That's it. With fun. no with no with no with no downside now. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the eels. Yeah. Oh, those are tweets. Sorry. Ah, uh, fat hairy lazy said there is no need for Nate to get pegged. No matter how big the strap on is, it wouldn't do the damage that Young Cleary did prolapsing those cucks. Hashtag Eerie of Cleary. Conan said, Hashtag Eerie of Cleary has indeed gone mainstream. It got a shout-out in the call on ABC Grandstand. Really? Fucking that's wow. phenomenal. I would like someone to, uh, if they possibly if they possibly could, I don't know how easy it would be to do so, but I wonder if someone could actually provide us with that soundbite. Yes. Have to be easy. Fucking go and do it. And who uh, were the commentary team that are... Uh, the, the, who was the? Who was the? Was it? Was it Matty? El- was it Matty Elliott that used it? Oh, fuck! I hope it was. Fuck! I tell you what, this Crystal uh, Merchant. I can't remember which game it was that, uh, on the weekend. It was one of the Sunday games. Must have been the Storm. It was the Storm game, yeah. Because I'm talking about the Knights. You know, we talk about commentators and you know who the who the good ones are and who the shit ones are and who the ex players etc are and that are just absolutely fucking retarded and and can't string two words together. Hmm. Nathan Brown. Oh my god, he is a fucking retard. He cannot string two words together. Holy shit. He's fucking like people always complaining about Braith and Blocker and all this. He is fucking ten times worse than both of them. Really? And this is a guy who I would have thought would be an excellent communicator, given that he was a first grade coach, given that he's you know, he's had plenty of time to fucking get his he was on with uh Ganane and I think Wendell, maybe on the, on the Triple M doing the call. Yeah, F- like un- unbelievable. And he's talking about a subject that he's intimately aware of in the Newcastle Knights because that was the game they were calling. Yeah, but still, despite that, and oh, fucking hopeless. I just had to get that in there because I just thought of it then. But yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, James said, and I'm spent. What a performance. What a game. What a team. Hashtag Eerie of Cleary. Hashtag Panthers with the answers. Hashtag Cherry oh, Popping Clearies. Uh, Ryan said, I'm drunk. I'm depressed. And I feel like I've been mentally pegged by a 12 inch black rubber cock. Hashtag Fuck My <laughs> Life. Hashtag Century of DCE rolls on past this major speed hump. P.S. Why does Croker always get picked over Cust? He's obviously not the reason we lost, but he's utterly useless. There you go. Mitch said, Appy Coruscant was the difference. Whoever the Panthers got him from must be kicking themselves. To which our good mate Shunter replied, uh, they took a stab at replacing him, 
but that didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, that's the other thing. You know what's fucking glorious? Like, the downside of Penrith being the junior nursery of every fucking rugby league team in the world is that we never had any revenge games. All we had were cunts that we'd shit-canned or made unhappy or done something (laughs) to fuck off that went out there and played for other clubs and proceeded to fuck us up every opportunity when they played against us. (laughs) How fucking great for us to have an appy and sexy good bloke revenge game. Yeah, and I mean, and then they'll, and then it'll be next year. It'll become a double revenge game when Appy's the hooker for for the dogs and Trency's coach, and then they've also and the dogs have got the fucking anti Desi thing going on their side as well. Exactly, and it's going to be like this, this like quadruple fucking quintuple <laughs> revenge <laughs> revenge armor, fucking revengeception. <laughs> uh, uh, Alistair said, "Think I'm ready to admit that it might actually be the Yeary of Cleary." It was absolutely fucking beautiful. That's it. All right. The Eels, 18, defeated the Doggies, 16, at ANZ Stadium. The Eels tries to a double to uh, Gutherson and uh, try to Moses. Moses, three of three conversions. The Doggies, 16, came through, tries to uh, Fatala Mariner, Avarillo, and Montoya. Uh, Avarillo, two of three conversions. I'd love to know what it's what it's taken for the dogs to actually you know pick up and fucking put in for 80 minutes because they sure as shit weren't doing it for Dean Pay. this is almost like the do you remember they went up that notch after they couldn't make the 8 last year they did that yeah. dogs thing yeah. of like just beating this year it's uh, th- this no year it's the right. uh, this year it's the it's the the fact that they could conceivably deliver Brisbane a wooden spoon yeah. If they just fucking, if they just keep putting in, this was a game that got away. I'm not saying that they should have won. I mean, the Eels dropped off in this game. The, yes. They were up They were up significantly. They were leading by three tries, and then they just kind of fell asleep. But the Doggies, they did they did rise. They certainly did. They did lift, and they put themselves in a position to steal this game. And my number one enduring memory of this fucking game... And I said it on social media after the game as well. It actually, I had to go to Google because, like, I'm thinking, I'm watching what's going on in the field. I'm thinking, well, fucking obviously, Kieran Foran's like the leader of this team. Yep. Without a doubt. But I'm like, who is he actually the captain or is he not the captain? And I actually had to Google it because I fucking couldn't remember who the captain was. So then comes out, it turns out it's Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson needs to kick Aiden Tolman's cunt in for that fucking quick tap from like 12 meters out. Yeah. In what fucking universe does a prop forward get to fucking decide that they're going to try and catch the defense napping? Yeah, exactly. When you're down by two and you've got to give me fucking two points. And Doggies fans, don't fucking at me because I've seen a couple of people trying to justify, for some reason they love the blonde cunt and they're trying to fucking justify that, oh yeah, but you know, then, then they would have just gone down and kicked a field goal. Mm. You would have made them fucking play. Yeah. They would have had to do something. Exactly. And they weren't doing it then because you still had about three sets after that where you didn't do anything either. Maybe yep. it could have been you kicking the fucking field goal. Spot on. When the yeah. game is fucking tight and you've got a free two points to level it, to take the loss off the table, mm. you fucking take it. Yeah. You dumb blonde cunt. Fucking hell. It actually triggered me. And I don't give a fuck about this, <laughs> this team. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm more concerned with, for these eels, 
at the beginning of the season, their right side attack, mm-hmm. especially with Moses running a short side play, was fucking scary to watch. Like they they had Sivo um, over in the the left hand side, and he was going to score fucking a, a, an abundance of tries this year. It was, it was just always going to happen. But watching fucking Moses run that right side, the way he just went straight at defensive lines and had people either side of him and could throw as well either side without giving away with the motion of his body. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where these eels are getting their points from now. That's been my concern for the last couple of weeks. Look, I'm going to put out, a, I'm not a theory, I'm going to put out a, a, a take right now. Go for it. The eels are fucking plateaued. They're peaked. Yes. I think they are fucked. They're going to win plenty of games and do plenty enough to get into the second last week of the finals, most probably. Mm. But I think they've gotten very fucking pass it to Mikery lately. Mm. Like it used to be pass it to fucking to fucking who else was the Fiji? I can't remember. Semi. <laughs> couldn't, remember, <laughs> couldn't remember his fucking name. Um <laughs> I see who's that other fucking Fijian out there. They used to pass two out on the left all the time and no shit. They've gotten very past it to Sivo, and Sivo has been fairly well fucking contained by many teams. Yeah, over the last uh, over the last while as well. So that's not necessarily like, a, a guaranteed or you know successful way like he, to do things. He, en- he ended Teddy, which was disrespectful. Well, yeah, but then he got ended by fucking Brad Parker, which is so. What do you call that? Yeah, that's true. He did too. Fuck. I mean, Brad Parker even took him out of the game. Jesus Christ. Not just, not just out of a try-scoring opportunity. Mm. So, um, I just feel... I, I, may, look, maybe maybe they're just, they've backed off a bit. Maybe um, maybe Arthur knows... He, he knows what he's doing, and he's not... You know, they're still, you know, grinding out wins, so he's not, you know, pulling the, pulling yeah. the panic switch over it or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and he'll just, and they'll just work their way through it as they adapt to Moses being back, you know, after his injury, and yep. things will start to to pick up and, and roll again. Yeah, fair uh, there's plenty of time for the, there's plenty of time for them to do it, but man, they got a fright and they deserve to lose the game, and they only won it by virtue of the fact that the doggies are just have talentless players. Yes, who just and- couldn't lift. I mean, Foran is playing a fucking monster of a season. Yes. He he's back. He's back. The problem is his body's not, but and I don't think he can sustain it. You know, for long for long periods of time. Yeah, that's but, it. But his fitness his fitness has come back, and he's he's fucking back. He only needs like probably two more players to go with him. Yeah, yeah. And they just exactly. don't have him. Yeah, spot on. And unfortunately, um, you you now have an idea, and I'm addressing this to all of the fucking dogs fans that were chirpy. When DWZ went over there last year, oh, they've no, they've no, they know, they've known all year. I know, I know they know. <laughs> I'm just reminding them because it's fucking fun that they know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you've done more than I ever thought you could with this situation. You now have play the ball the wrong way, DWZ, <laughs> which directly led, like after he did that, Paris score the next set. Yes, yes. almost the next tackle. Yep. You know? And where did they fucking score it? Right out on his side. You're yep. fucking welcome, dogs. Uh, that whole play the ball backwards thing, though, 
like, when's the last time we saw that? Mm, Was it before Super League? Never, because, you know, they have general f- IQ tests I to feel like I saw some, I feel like, like I feel like yeah like Martin Bella did it once or something and yep. like I'm talking like old shit does it happen yep. like since then though there's been some pretty bad like I think I can remember I a couple remember. of sideways ones I remember, I know there's somewhere the guy kind of gets up and you know responsibly the dummy half is like can't you looking at me turn around yeah that's <laughs> it <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I can't think off yeah. the top of my head. I can't think of another instance in, in you know recent history. I'm sure someone that's uh, listening can tell us mm. if there was though. Uh, Ryan said, "Para really took their foot off the gas. Very frustrating to watch a strong start turn into an arm wrestle like that. That is true." Uh, Hectic said, "Aiden Tolman dead set has to be the dumbest footballer of all time. What a shocker of a decision to take that quick tap." Uh, John said, very unconvincing victory. The Bulldogs were willing to roll up their sleeves and work hard, and Parramatta looked disinterested after the first 25 minutes or so. The better teams will have a field day down our right edge. It's absolutely our Achilles heel at the moment. And uh, as we like to do, we'll give the staunch their say on the game with uh, at GT351 underscore Johns. says, inexperience got us today, along with poor decisions by us and a dopey ref. Oh, well, I expected to lose by more. Twice this year, the fancied Eels just got us. Embarrassing for them. There you go. The Melbourne Storm 26 defeat the Newcastle Knights 16 at Sunshine Coast Stadium in front of a bumper crowd of 5,437 disease-free Queensland residents who enjoyed a beautiful (laughs) sunny day out at the football because they fucking can. The Storms tries to uh, Tavuni, Cameron Smith, Pappenhausen, and uh, Fasu Malui. And uh, Smith, two of two conversions. Munster got one. Uh, two penalty goals to Munster. The Knight 16 tries to Bradman Best, Aiden Guerra, and uh, Anari Tuala. Ponga, two of three conversions. This game notable for... I can't remember the fucking exact statistic off the top of my head, but it's the first time since, like... I think it was like the first time since like 2012 that Cameron Smith hasn't played at least half a game, half the game. Yeah, and it was the f- and and it was even longer than that. That yeah, that that uh, he hadn't played a second half of a game. So um, it was very very new territory, seldomly visited territory for the Storm, and uh, certainly in the you know the current incarnation, they none of these guys have ever been there when it's happened in the past. Yeah, fuck and uh, and look, they did a fucking they did a great job because I mean. Like the Knights were well on top in the actual running of this game for mm. almost the entire first half. Yeah, I mean, but for some absolute brilliance from uh, from Pappenhausen, where he just fucking destroyed Ponga, uh, turned Ponga into a meme. And, and wasn't uh, that fucking brilliant though? Like you, you're 100 percent correct with that word. It, it it gets used probably too much, but that was just pure athleticism. It was just like, that athleticism and pace and footwork and yeah. just a vision. It was just fucking amazing. And it's and you know it's really hard. Like the second half of this game and watching it, it's really it's really difficult to hate this storm team as much as I used to. And it's making me think like when when Captain Cuntox finally fucks off into the sunset, mm. there's not going to be be any remnant of those of the cunts 
left at that side. And then you look at the and then you look at like your Pappenhausens and you know Fox and these guys. I mean, like uh, Faster Malua, we're not going to see him because he's gone to the Titans. What a fucking buy he is! Yeah, for the Titans. Fucking throw him in there with David Fafida, and you always got and you already got a photo liker up there. Yeah, exactly. Fucking think, think of it as a full forward pack. It's sensational. Their, their pack is, and like Tino, he's. I mean, surely by the end of this season, he's got to be playing Origin for Queensland. I mean, who he are, is fucking unbelievable. Yeah, not not taking away anything from how well he's been playing, but who else is there? Who else has put their hand up? Yeah, maybe. I prefer to, I prefer to, to light the candle and say, "Wow, that's a forward that Queensland could pick." That if he plays like that in Origin, I don't want to see him up against us. Oh, I'd prefer to say, "Fuck everything Queensland do." And well, yeah, um, you know, that too. They deserve the worst in life. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. But, but the, like the like that try he scored was fucking great. It I wasn't like one of these these short crash balls and a guy crashing in from like three, four meters out. Yeah. I mean, he gets that ball, you know, sort of 20, 15, 20 meters out. Yep. And just powers his way through the line. Yeah, exactly. And then finishes it off. I've been very interested to see this transformation from Melbourne from that, that perfect, structured, you know, methodical team into this team that that really just puts some of its better players with with these amazing skill levels in a position to to do something with it. Now obviously the Pappenhausen try, that that was just a fucking freak occurrence. No one did anything to really set him up for that. That was all him. That was just broken play and genius vision and the rest of it, yeah. That that's it. But the the Storm game plan recently just seems to be, you know, keep things as tidy as you possibly can, play for field position. And something will unfold, uh, and yep. and again, you you can say say all you want about about cheating cunts or, or whatever it's been, but having multiple iterations of a team and a play style under the one coach with some of the same players, I think goes a long way to for for Bellamy's coaching greatness credentials. Yeah, and I mean, like the Storm have been one of the the, the last teams. To really adapt to this new style, and they kind of they kept they kept winning most for the most part, and I think that was just through the fact that their defense is always great. Yes, and so they kind of hung in there through defense. But now, in this game in particular, it seemed to signal the turning of a corner, yeah, whereby exactly. uh, where 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 now they you know their attack is sort of uh, has come up and and, uh, and and adapted to the style as well. Mm. And as you alluded to before, we're far from seeing peak Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, Lee said in the Facebook group, it doesn't get any better than watching Paps slight Pong out with the smallest of steps. Hashtag real fullback. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> uh, Super Grover said, hashtag faps for Paps. I'm not even sorry. Uh, you get a courtesy one this week. Uh, Danny. What is, what's he not sorry about, though? I think he's not sorry about the quality of that fucking content because it's not good. Yeah. Uh, Danny said, at least he's really wasn't. struggled without the origin break to, to just, you know, get all the shit out of his system mid year. <laughs> <hasn't he? laughs> it's like a, like a, a fucking juice cleanse for grunkiness. <laughs> uh, Danny said, at least it wasn't a blowout. Like I feared they had a bit of a go, but it felt like last week's effort carried into this week against the worst possible team. He could put that effort up against. 
Ross said, every year you can bank on it. The Knights are by far the worst team on the last tackle with the ball as much without it. Yeah, it's it's not wrong. Um, for, for all of his fucking feigned achievements, I thought that there would have been some better game management from Newcastle. Uh, at Cobra Burgers said, seriously, I don't get the Kalen Ponga hype, and he's added him on Twitter. Well done, not a coward. Uh, I don't get the Kalen Ponga hype, nor the contract. If you're not paying for wins, then what are you paying for? You're not paying him to put butts in seats, because if the guy doesn't know how to play, who's coming to watch? Goose steps don't win games. It's both of us on record saying paying for potential is a bad thing, or overpaying for potential, I should say, is yeah, a bad and, thing. But, yeah, but you know, Newcastle fans, I mean, you know, you, you probably didn't capitalise in the second half. Well, you should have. But those fucking periods of the first half there, where like that Pappenhausen try was against the run of play, but that entire time, even when that after that try, Newcastle was fucking well on top in that game. Yeah, hundred percent. So like, I, it's not like this. It's like you know some performance to get fucking down on. It was one of the better performances they've had in the last month. That's it. So, but you know, what do I give a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> fucking implied. I don't give a shit. Do what you're going to do. Well, you know, now they've got Blake Green coming because that's what they needed. Oh, yeah, exactly. Another half. I mean, like they've what? How many? How many hookers have they expended? Like five in the last two weeks. Yeah, that's so. It. So, so what they do? They're bringing another half back, and I guess that means that, like, you know, probably their 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 best attacking player mm. and probably their cheapest one in the in the the form of Gert Man. He's probably the poor cunt's going to have to... He'd be forced to play hooker. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I guess, Green and Pierce do something. Mm-hmm. Who fucking anyway. knows? Wait and see. Previews. First up on Thursday, we've got the uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons versus the Sydney Roosters that win uh, the Jordan, uh, the, the Dragons. They've got uh, Clune returns from his HIA failure last week. Corey Norman, the big one, dropped to the reserves. And uh, when I say the reserves, I'm talking jersey number 19. Mm. Trent Merrin returns to lock. And uh, Jacob Host also dropped to reserves. The Roosters, what do they got? Josh Morris back in the centres. Tupanua back to the pack. Uh, Nate Butcher benched. And uh, Saluka Fafita dropping to reserves. Lachlan Lamb has been promoted to the seven, with Kyle Flanagan being dropped entirely from the 21. Mm-hmm. And uh, Drew Hutchinson to the bench. The, the Dragons are playing with a fair bit of confidence at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's coming off the back of... of both Dufty and, and for a large part, Lomax. I think just looking at both of these teams head-to-head, there's just way too much fucking class in this Roosters team. There is way too much and also I've, And also, I feel like the, the, while, while the Dragons form at the moment gives them the ability to have, uh, have tremendously good moments and, and passages through this game, I think the Roosters' experience and mental fortitude allows them to ride that out and punish the, the Dragons when they inevitably have in, their dip. In saying that, the Titans 
busted the Roosters up last week and really only lost that game because they couldn't find a way to fucking put the ball on the grass over the try line multiple fucking times. Yeah. You know, the if, if the Roosters have had the rocket up them that they deserve for that defence last week, this is a great opportunity for them to, to solidify. I would suggest that they I would suggest that they have. Yeah. Because yeah, you know, when you when you when you drop Kyle Flanagan, who actually hasn't been playing that bad, yeah, that's like he's been he's been scapegoated for, and and realistically, uh, he, it's Kiri's show anyway. So yeah, I'm gonna yeah. tip the Roosters. Same, uh, the mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Warriors at Brookie. Um, what have we got here? Brad Parker obviously out via concussion, and I reckon it's, I think Brad Parker one more concussion this year. I reckon he's done. You reckon? Well, it seems like these days they're much more rigorous about the, and, you know, just cautious about players' long-term health and things like that. And I reckon the, I reckon that's his third one this year. Yeah, I mean, you can't fucking know. have too, you can't have too many concussions in a year before yeah, no, you turn to fucking like a Liam Fulton vegetable. Yeah, that's it. So, but I mean, you know, but yo, I mean, he's had a fucking couple as well and over a number of years. So, I guess you've got to trust specialists and they'll tell you whatever, but, you know, yeah. it's CTE in your future, son. Uh, so, Funa comes back in, which is a great move. Cust back in the side. Unfortunately, Lachlan Croker's still there as well. Um, and uh, Alvin Hopawati in the 21. Let's get him in there. And Guacamole in the 18. Let's get him in there. How about that, Desi? I can't wait to see what happens with the next cut down to 19. If Hop- if Hopawati, this is my prediction, if Hopawati is, if he makes that cut down to 19... They're going to slide him in on. They're going to slide him in and give him a run. I don't know where. Probably on the wing, but I'd love to see him to say, "Fuck it, you're a gun fullback. Get in there, lad." The Warriors. Blake Green is out because he's playing for Newcastle now. Yes, <laughs> and that uh, brings uh, Channel Harris Tavita in. And if I remember anything from the Rugby League Live Four streaming days, he is a terrible player. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know they're they're full of a a bunch of uh, other, a motley crew of other characters like uh, Daniel Alvaro, George Jennings, and uh, Jack Hetherington, as well as actual Warriors players. Yeah. Manly, yeah. Win well or or fucking wield the axe. Yes, exactly. The Rabbitohs take on the Broncos, ANZ Stadium. The Rabbitohs, no change to last week. So, I guess Reynolds is okay. I mean, it's kind of a... What they say it was, it was like a a nerve thing or... The, and it's like really just pain management yeah. and it just sort of comes good yeah. after a little bit. Like a... It wasn't like a stinger, but it's like sort of a severe version of that, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, okay. So, he's back anyway, but man, he's brittle as shit. Uh, the Broncos. So, Croft returns in the halves with uh, Milford out injured. Fafita returns to the back row, which forces Offerhand Goway to the bench, and Ethan Bullimore is out of the 17. The Broncos, they really did try and they really did lift last week. Yeah. It was one of their better... It was it was probably their best or second best performance since the resumption. It, it was 70 minutes of, oh, yeah, the, this Broncos team can, can jag some wins here. Like against Manly early after the resumption, they played thirty minutes. Yes, like that. That's then it. they got to seventy minutes against the Shark, but that's like one full game worth and yeah. a bit out of what ten fucking games. Yeah, 
It's yeah. not good enough. Can they replicate that again? The biggest problem is Brody Cross back in the side. Yes, he is. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying Milford is the be all and end all. Believe me, he hasn't been for years. But Brody Croft, he's a he's part of the problem. Yes. 100%. So, uh, I so for, I'm I'm kind of torn. Does does David Fafita coming back give them some punch that will carry things in a positive direction? But does Croft, you know, does he? balance that the other you know does he level it out or tip the scales the other way in any case this is a game that the rabbits have to have to win i mean remember that the, they're already down one nil to the broncos this season because yeah. before the resumption the broncos were great remember that's it and and they they ambushed south they did they did so this is uh this is this is benny's chance for it's another revenge game that's it and uh he he really does need to level the level the ledger. Yeah, just just and based I can't on imagine, form, I can't go against South here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am still not convinced uh, I'm with South at all. However, against the Broncos, surely. Yes. Surely. Correct. The Storm take on the Doggies at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Pappenhausen has been rested. Cam Smith is out with the shoulder injury he sustained last week. And uh, Marion Seve is out as well. So uh, Justin Olam returns in the centres for Seve, while Nico Hines comes in to fullback to replace Pappenhausen. Cameron Smith's out, obviously, so Brandon Smith replaces him. And uh, can, the new bench players are can the Storm, Riley Jacks and Vetti. Yep. Can the Storm call Harry Grant back early, or is it a guaranteed full season that he's got to spend at the Tigers? Well... Let's say for let's 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 speak about a hypothetical situation. Say, like I've got a couple of cars. Yep. Say your car broke down. Yep. You had a camping trip going. You're in 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 a week's time. Yep. So you're like, can I borrow the Ute? Yep. Sure, you can because mm-hmm. you know you got you need the four wheel drive. Whatever you go and camping. That's it. Or something like that. Sure. Go for your life. But if the pug broke down. And I don't have any working cars left. I have to be like, dude. Got to get my kids I need to, to school. Get the, I, I need to get the ute back because, you know, got to get the kids to school, got to be able to get to the shops, got to get to meetings, blah, 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 blah. So what you're saying so, is that they so if have you left, every right. So I think it would be the right thing for them not to have to ask. The West Tigers should look upon the situation and go. Correct. You're in a situation here. You need the ute back. Exactly. So here, I'm a good bloke. Mm. Here's your ute back. Thanks for the loan. Thanks for the loan. I really appreciate it. And it was very handy. Mm-hmm. But I understand that you need to get your kids to school exactly. or across the try line, as the case may be. Exactly. And that my lack of an appropriate vehicle should not become your concern. Exactly. Mm. So with Harry Grant to return to the storm side this week. <laughs> <laughs> and like of course we can rely on Justin Pascoe to be a good bloke and uh, and do the right thing, can't yeah, we? Yeah, 100%. Not not a snake at all. <laughs> look, I still think the storm are going to win. Pappenhausen alone is not going to be the uh like look, they did there was there were adjustments that needed to be made in the second half of that game I noticed with um like Brandon Smith as nuggety and as awesome he is, as he is at what he does, mm. he's not Cameron Smith. No. 
and certain things had to change. Like they had to bring the players, they had to bring the first receivers in on either side of the ruck because yes. he's not delivering crisp long balls and get. And it took a little while for their back line to kind of get the timing and going again when Cameron Smith was off. Yes, but um, also Cameron Smith. You know, look as whatever my personal feelings about the guy are, as a, as a guy, the. Every time a player gets tackled, every time he's into dummy half, ready to go. Yeah. Brandon Smith is not quite up to that yet, and you'll yeah. see like Jerome Hughes getting, you know, or Cameron Munster getting to do, you know, things like that. So, like the storms, the, the storm can't underestimate the impact of not having Cameron Smith there mm. for the first time in a fucking six hundred years. But it's a doggy. So I mean, if exactly. you're going to have that impact sustained, yes. And the fact that that impact is being sustained and despite that, they're still resting Ryan Pappenhausen. Yeah, spot on. That tells you pretty much everything you need to know about the Storm organization's confidence levels. Exactly. Going into this game. Mm -hmm. Storm. The Knights take on the Tigers at McDonald Jones. The Knights, Blake Green comes into the side before the ink's even dry. Jesus. Kurt Mann moves to hooker as expected. Chris Randall drops out of the 17. Bradman Best is out with an ankle injury, which I believe, not confirmed, but it could potentially end his season. Oof. And uh, Tau Monga has been dropped. Shibasaki's in, and uh, what, in my opinion, is the greatest name in rugby league today, Starford Toa, are in. <laughs> the Star Lord is in, and um, Brody Jones comes in and needs to change. If the West Tigers, I should have actually. What are they trying? Okay, so Harry Grant's out. Oh, is he? Well, that's right. Harry Grant's fucking out too. It's just a shot down that whole theory. Oh well. Uh, Twelve's injured. Oliver Clark's drops. Umbai moves the hooker. Leilua and Talau are the centre pairing. Yeah. Okay. Kapoa comes onto the wing. Eisenhut the lock. Luke Brooks comes back into the side, starting at five eighth. Chris Lawrence and Billy Walters benched. Russell Packer starting at prop. Fuck me, that's wholesale changes. And Luke Garner is uh, is out as well, and Sam McIntyre replaces him. <sighs> I don't. So this back line for the West Tigers, when one through seven reads uh, Dewey, Noffa, BJ, Talau, Kapoa, Luke Brooks, Benji. True. This is the game the West Tigers need to win if they want to maintain an opportunity to, to claim their birthright of ninth. Yeah. Well, but even for some fucking self-respect. I know? feel like the Knights, hook, hooking troubles aside, like they're, 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 they're beatable by the West Tigers. Yeah. But I just I think there's just too much... There's too much shuffling in the lineup. Yeah. Yep. I got to tip the Knights. Even, here. even, even though, and and like I think Kurt Mann will do an okay. He'll do a fine enough job as hooker. Yep. I don't know what what sort of issues are going to come in with Blake Green, and I mean it's a very short time for them to figure out how he's going to interact with the side, and he'll probably just get anchored to anchored to a side of the field mm. with a charge, and like if he gets if he's if he anchors himself to you know, let's say for argument's sake, the right-hand side of the field, then his mandate will basically just be pop it to Ponger out the back like yeah. they do anyway. If yeah. he does that, he's basically fucking Mitchell Pierce anyway. Exactly. And Pierce can go and pretend to be Kurt Mann and be good or something. <laughs> but, um- <laughs> yeah, look, I'm going to tip the Knights in this one, a close one. 
Like you'd have to think the Knights going to win, right? Yep. You would have to. And uh, Tigers, come on. Panthers take on the Raiders at Panthers Stadium. Um, Malaki back onto the wing for Charlie Staines. Yep. Uh, Nickel Klotzstadt returns the fullback for the Raiders, wrapping into the wing. That's it for the changes. Uh, another danger game for Penrith. Just the, the Raiders are classically one of those teams that we tend to to sort of play play very well for vast majority of the game, but but really just get get bogged down in, in battles with. Um, if, if they can contain continue some of the intensity that they had against Manly last week, then it's it's it should win easily. It's it's done and dusted. Um, this this Canberra team really aren't playing with any sort of major consistency at the moment, but it has to be done in the forwards. You know, if if guys like Papali get a sniff that there's easy meters, they'll take advantage of them. And Canberra still have a lot of class in their backline. Um, you know, it, it just needs to be another clinical performance. Penrith completed at over 90% last week. They need to do something similar again this week uh, and and really just control the game like they did last time. Control it from start to finish. Penrith 13+. plus. Pen- put your fucking hands Long way to say Penrith yeah, 13+. plus. Uh, the Titans take on the Cowboys at uh, Hope Solo Coliseum. Uh, Lasani replaces Sam Stone on the bench for the Titans. The Cowboys, Michael Morgan is back. Jake Clifford drops out. Hampton remains in the halves. Um, Opacek is back, which pushes uh, Justin O'Neill out to the wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talangi is out of the 21. Maguire returns from suspension, which means the murderous Frank Molo drops to the bench. <laughs> um, isn't it funny that they've got they've got Frank Molo and Jordan McLean, like the most murderous player in the league, with someone who came like a fucking like a, what a, a what little a, fucking uh, Bambi. What, what do they call? What do they? What do they call? Like with Jordan McLean, what I mean, like when they talk about you know spinal injuries and things like that, I mean, what is it like? A, like a micrometer away from being a murderer as well. Yeah, true. So, Very the Cowboys true. should be straight up one eight seven killers. <laughs> <laughs> Murder was the case. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was nearly. It was, it was murder was the case for for Frank, and it was like ducking the head was the case for Jordan McLean, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Look, Look the, the, t- the, t- the Titans in the in their last week incarnation. If they can put like that kind of a game together for eighty minutes, then they've got a great fucking chance. Man, you know what? It's not even that. If the Titans can just get the fuck out of their own way, yeah, for for half the game, mm-hmm. just don't fuck yourselves. Yep, you know, for for half a game. That's it. That's all you got to do. So, really, you would, you, your message is directly to the ears of Justin Holbrook to say, Peach is in the 16, leave him off the field. Exactly. Until the second half. Exactly. Or for greater than or equal to 40 minutes total time of the game. Correct. 100% correct. Yeah, I'm going to tip yep. the Titans here just so they can get I think Titans in an upset. Being the most successful team in Queensland. A lot of, a lot of quality ins for the Cowboys. Don't get me wrong. But uh, you know we're—I mean, we're not invested. You know, we're not invested that highly. But you know, as far as uh, mediocre investment goes, mm. 
we're we're pretty much invested on the Titans becoming the the, the best team in Queensland. Correct. Especially if that uh, helps ensure the Broncos are the worst. Yes. The Sharks take on the Eels at a Jubilee. The Sharkies. Dugan is uh, perhaps going to come back again. It's funny how he's got that 200th appearance in our in NRL coming up. Like Josh Dugan, the player, the first thing people think about with Josh Dugan, injuries, cat, doesn't play, gets knocked out of games, doesn't play because of a boil, et cetera, et cetera. Cruises on the roof. Yes. That's Dugan. So he come, he's coming up to his 200th game. He's been named to have his 200th game two weeks in a row. And he's been a late withdrawal on both, <laughs> both of those games. It's the Duganest shit ever. Um, but he's back in the centres with Ramian. Um, what else have we got? Talakai back into the pack. Britton Nakora dropping to reserves. Um, and Moylan returns in the uh, six. The Eels. Raystone named on the interchange, which pushes Takarangi to the reserves. Otherwise, as per last week's program. Did... Did we actually have any clarification on how many of these 200 games he played more than 10 minutes in? No. Like, I'd, I'd demand some... Hit us up, somebody. Yeah, exactly. I'm not celebrating shit or acknowledging shit. Like, it's got to be more than a half, doesn't it? How much of a game does he have to play to satisfy you? Correct. Oh, over a half. Okay. Over a half. All right. So, yeah. Um, fuck the Green Whistle Merchant. Parramatta. I'm going to go on a limb Simply. here and tip the Sharks. Yeah, I think the I think the Eels are uh, they're they're far too consistent. They can't the the Sharks can't pull a, pull out the old we're shit for 70 minutes against the Brisbane Broncos for fuck's sake side. Mm. They can't pull that out and beat the Eels in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. Um, I, I'm not sure that this Eels team is the one, as long as the Sharks can do that Sharks thing where they, they really drag people into an arm wrestle, I think this Eels team is primed to fall into that. Yeah, but you know what? I don't think that that's necessarily the worst thing for the Eels at the moment. The way they're playing, I think that sort of game benefits them more than a team that's ruthlessly trying to expose their right-hand side in defense. Mm. That's been the problem for them. And while and, and while it, it's uh, it's possible that Wade Graham could uh, do something with Dugan down that side. Yep. You know, it remains to be seen if that's what if that's uh, the way it actually goes down. Yeah, okay. Interesting. We shall see. I mean, just like on a just on a just on a on a on a form sort of uh, perspective, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, it's still winning form, winning form for the Eels, and uh, I just don't know. I'm, not, I'm just not sure how much I rate the rate the Sharks just yet. But you know what? This is a great test. And if they can pull off the upset against the Parramatta Eels, mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, I, I may be predisposed to think very differently. No worries. After this game. Okay, mailbag time. First up, I'll give the first one to 
Glenn, a.k.a. Real Dad. The only <laughs> pack of cunts bigger than the West Tigers are the ones that host this show. Well, you're half Hurtful. right. <laughs> uh, Clevo said, uh, would stepdad be willing to suck toes with the enthusiasm of Katoni Stags if his date so wished? Fuck no. Fuck no. And you're, not, you're not into sucking on toes? Let me tell you why. <laughs> I eat ass. Fucking gladly with enthusiasm. <laughs> I fucking get a little polka dot napkin that I bought from home and I tuck it into the fucking top of my shirt before I go to town on that fucking date. Now, you might be thinking, surely you'd rather lick a toe than lick a booty hole. Well, think about the most disgusting thing that a booty hole can do, right? Take a shit. Mm-hmm. A, girl shits are fucking much cleaner than boy shits, so there's that. <laughs> but you make a decent attempt to clean that shit away from the fucking booty hole. You know, there, there are things in place available to you and... Well, most of the girls I know anyway carry fucking wet wipes with them when they need to shit anyway. But there is an active effort to clean any of the gross shit away from the surface of it. Think about toes. The only fucking thing that could potentially clean those fucking manky bacteria-ridden Shrek stumps is the sock being pulled off over them. That's the level of fucking cleaning they get. <laughs> right? Now, everybody, I want you to run this exercise at home or in your fucking car when you get to a red light. Do it fucking safely on the foot that's not on the brake. Right? Take off your shoe, take off your sock, whatever it is you're wearing. Get your index finger and stick it in between your pinky toe and the one next to it and fucking rub it in there. Take that index finger, take it straight up to your nose and fucking sniff it. (laughs) And then tell me you want to put the source of that fucking smell in your mouth? Fuck out of here. No. (laughs) That did not go the way I thought it would. Uh, Phil said, so is this Katoni Stagg's way of getting a trade to the Panthers? Well, I mean, I don't think he had anything to do with no. it, but uh, also I think his uh, his camera work was substandard. Correct. I mean, boot the slut. There was no. Joe I mean, it's a classic. It's a Gonzo classic. <laughs> Where's the dialogue in Tony Staggs's one? Exactly. There was just <laughs> shameful whimpering. <laughs> 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 Russ, uh, will the pairing of Blake Green and Mitchell Pearce end up looking like an episode of Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares? I don't get the reference. I mean, I know, I am aware of Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. I'm sure I've probably seen an episode or two here and there, but I don't, I mean, I guess does he just mean like a total cunt circus? It has the potential, yeah, definitely. Let's see how they gel this weekend. I mean, Looking back over, over great great premiership winning sides my opinion and my thoughts is that you generally need a calm game managing style of half 
and then a more you know run run the ball first uh, e- explosive unpredictable style of half you know what 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 Gower and, and Preston Campbell were together you know um, I I, th- I just think that they're too similar in play style to, to really be that effective mm. I would agree mm. um Shane says, on a, on a scale of completely to totally, how stupid are the Warriors for letting Green go early? Who the fuck do they have at the club that can do a better job? I think the Warriors, more so than any other side in the competition, are absolutely preloaded with reasons why this year's fucked. Yes. They have no expectations of anything other than getting through it. If you also Green's already back. been publicly... Well, he's already, he's already publicly been said, we're not keeping you. Yeah. So he's not in their plans. Yeah. They do have Harris Tavita. Yep. And Nikarima. Yep. I guess those guys are going to be the ones going forward. Yep. So I guess give them give them another two months of play. Yeah, that's it. There's there's no there's no benefit to keep to keep Green going. In in a perfect world, it would be nice for for you to be able to say about Green, oh look, he did the right thing and he he stuck it out there. But you're right. The the fucking CEO of the club. Came out, or the owner of the club, whoever the fuck he is, came out and said, "Don't want him next year." Yeah. And, and Green heard about that through the media. Mm-hmm. You know, so exactly. So they they dug their own grave a, a while ago there. Exactly. Uh, Justin said, "Is it true that Michael Morgan has been sidelined due to a hair transplant that went horribly wrong, and he's using a shoulder injury to cover this? He seems to have a lot more hair." Fuck. I I have not noticed. I haven't I'd- seen him. I'll wait and I'll wait and see the game this week. Yes, and uh, we'll get Let's back check. to you. Uh, Ian said, uh, "What has more of a natural curve, Katoni's dick or his goal kicking?" Uh, yeah. I'm not aware of any natural curve in Katoni's dick at all. I mean, for me, it just looked he, like a a fucking half erect dick. He does. He, he just can't. He just can't. He does, but you know what? For the sad, the the poor, unfortunate guy, he's got a curve to the side. <laughs> where everybody fucking knows that what they really want is the curve the, up. The curve upward. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Clevo, with the loss to the Warriors now confining West Tigers to ninth or lower in 2020, and Cam Smith doing his shoulder, to do, do the Tigers do the noble thing by saviour Harry Grant and let him go back to the Storms early oh. so he can play finals football? Well, there you go. I don't think it's finals football. It's, just, it's more of the... Uh, just do the right thing. Mm. That's what that's what it comes down to, mate. Yep. Um, Andy says, uh, was thinking it'd be good to have a bit of a dive into the six again rule and how it's being used slash abused. Obvious things to me are first tackle of a seven tackle set. They just slow down as much as they want and there's only reward, no punishment in effect. The other most obvious one is holding them down the line when up by two points and the refs can't give them a two point chance for that breach of the rules, even though literally every team not containing Tolman would want to take the two in that situation. I feel like we've seen examples of this almost every week, and we've kind of. I think I feel like we've spoken about it a little bit as well. But yeah, I mean, it's the the fact that teams would concede a six again on the first or second tackle deep in the other team's territory to try and get some dominance on them because it wasn't that much of a super penalty. That's that, that's why they brought in the you know some of the additional ones and like the ability to penalise you know for markers and yeah. not being square well, and all that. Sort it's of thing. saying that though. The- I don't get this fucking 
dumb cunt take that, oh, oh, the new rule should come in, but we should be able to keep tiny little parts of the old rule and just put this new rule over the top and have them work side by side. It's a new rule. Of course mm. it's going to be fucking different. It's meant to encourage more free-flowing football by not having stoppages in play. Now, if that means that people give away a six again on the first tackle, then that's fine. It It's disingenuous to say that it's now a strategy anyway, because otherwise you'd be seeing six again restarts given on almost every set. Because the biggest advantage you can have is to slow down that play, and if it only costs you one tackle, then you'd do it. It's exactly yep. the same reason why giving away a seven-tackle set, that's only one extra tackle. But no one talks about that and says, oh, it's unfair, it's not enough fucking reward. It's meant to just cut the stoppages, have more continuous gameplay, keep the ball in play for longer, to give more exciting attacking football down down the track as fitness and attrition take their toll. That's it. There's nothing more to be said. It, there's, there's no difference than a team being happy to concede a penalty on their line if a team's down by um, six. Yeah. You know, how many times did we used to see it? They'd concede penalties, concede penalties, cunts were sent to the sin bin. Mm-hmm. So it still happened. Nothing's changed. All it's done is just give the opportunity to have less stoppages in the game, less chance to use the penalty for a rest. Yep. And force teams to adapt. It's the new rule. It is how it is. Fucking live with it. Dan, what can we do to keep the Rugby Sevens ladies in league now they've been okayed to play in this year's comp? Fucking pillage the ranks. Fucking... Honestly? Manscape or ladiescape, whoever their fucking partners are. Keep your shit trimmed. Just to give them that subliminal fucking message that life playing league is better. There's less fucking when you're playing league than there is getting that fucking pube of a sport sevens down your throat. (laughs) Uh, And uh, let's see, is this the the last one? Yeah, pretty much the last one. So where is it? I've just collapsed it, so I need to get the whole thing back out again. But it comes uh, comes from our boy. Chris and uh, I've just fucking lost it. <laughs> Come back, you motherfucking thing. What happened, Mr. Uh, Drifter? <laughs> My fellow TikTokers will get that and they'll be laughing in their fucking cars while they're doing TikTok videos when they hear that. Oh, so 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 will the uh, the 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 Chinese spies uh, attached attached to in, gather intelligence on your life for somehow uh, to to be abused somehow by the uh, the motherland. Well, okay, what's the fucking Chinese government going to do that Amazon and Facebook aren't already doing? Well, I mean, I think Amazon and Facebook all they want to do is just sell to you. Only the Chinese, the Chinese want to end your way of life. Ah, and slip, slip, ba- slip, slip bat meat into your supply. They, they, they get a fucking bad rap. You know what? If you've worked hard and you've made some fucking good money for yourself and you need a new kidney, you should be able to buy one. <laughs> and, you know, I'd fucking encourage you to find a more equitable way to decide who gives it to you than people who disagree with what the government says. <laughs> <laughs> 
Here he is. Uh, why is the Kangaroos versus All Blacks game the worst idea ever? What's your take on International Rugby League? The Kangaroos have a 67% win rate and the All Blacks have a 77.41 win rate. Why is International Rugby League seen as a joke because of the Kangaroos' dominance and International Rugby League doesn't receive the same criticism despite the All Blacks being more dominant? International Rugby League is not seen as a joke because of the Kangaroos' dominance. International Rugby League is seen as a joke because of the very infrequent nature of international games being played and also the very small amount of countries that get to participate in these high-level yeah, international games. There are essentially three top-tier nations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's arguable. Obviously, Australia yep. is a nation. Um, England is a nation. New Zealand, New Zealand, nation. No, New and then you've got then you've got Tonga, Tonga that are on no, the up. See, th- this is what's arguable. New, New Zealand, New Zealand is fucking lucky if they're little more than a town. Well, that's yeah, that's their I fucking mean, contribution. But at the, you know, I'm just being strictly, strictly based. If you think of the history of you know results and things like that in international competitions, yep. New Zealand's up there. You know, f- you know, France had their time where they were kind of you know they were the third sort of team. Uh, you know, Tongas are coming up where they're challenging yep. to be the third you know sort of That's team, it. and then you've got a bunch of other people, and then you've got you know a, a, you know an absolute truckload of of Minoish comp- countries that. You know, have very fledgling like when, when international people, teams that play against other minnows to try and raise the game. So the the issue with these fucking lower tier nations is that for an international competition, if a player can be completely fucking removed from the rep from from the professional level of the sport for more than a year, and walk into national representative honours for a country, that's where it starts mm-hmm. to lose fucking credibility in in the general public's eyes the other thing you got to rem- yeah and 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 outside of the top three teams or whatever a large number of the the the, the players in these other le- the teams below that level fall yes, into that category exactly. that you just mentioned whereas the, the, you know the the easiest the, the easiest and quickest way to talk about the the advantages of international union over over league is that they have a yeah. they have a real world cup because they have there's probably four sides that could win yeah. it legitimately yes every time every time yeah on on their day and then there's a bunch of sides that get you know that can that can pull off results you know like we had you know that that you know amazing result in the last yep. year where Tonga got over Australia and that was like fucking unheard of and yeah you know, and there was like the year before they they got yep. over New Zealand and that was unheard of like but that's like yeah, it is. few and far between whereas even in union I mean you get teams like you know like Japan yep. starting they're starting to get you know get the, they're getting beaten by 100 yeah. a decade ago and now they're starting to take teams out, and actually, yep. they're they're a competitive side. So, they're, I mean, there's there's no there's no doubt that their international game, particularly as as it surrounds World Cups, is just better. But the original question was, why is the Kangaroos versus All Blacks game the worst idea ever? And I'll tell you why. Rugby is pretty much fucking yes. dead in this country, and the NRL is well and truly on mm. top in this country, and there is no reason whatsoever after the cunty raids and things that the union have tried over the last two decades on, you know, and longer on league. There is no fucking gain for us to give those fucking, that dead sport yeah. in Australia, a lifeline 
to publicity, revenue, yeah. attention, like, anything. I, I heard fuck fucking Let Phil Kearns has been appointed like the head of rugby Australia, whatever, whatever the fuck it is. And he's going on mm-hmm. that, that Australia needs to host the World Cup and, and it'll be a giant fucking boost for our economy. You know? For, get your fucking sport more than a $20 million TV rights. Then come and talk to about mm-hmm. hosting a fucking World Cup. Get a fucking TV rights deal that I couldn't realistically raise in a GoFundMe in 90 days. You know? We, mm-hmm. we could start a fucking change.org position to have more people donate a dollar. I could get more than 20 million people to donate a dollar and never have rugby union shown on television again. And you're fucking gone. Yep. Uh, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. There's also no international advantage. You know, no one in South Africa is going to watch that and go, oh, wow, what's this fucking great yep. version of rugby that I've never seen before? I'm going to religiously watch that and then buy a fucking membership in Australia and lots of merchandise. There's no upside for rugby league. Yep. Absolutely none. It's a fucking ego project by Mel Meninga. Suffice yes. to say, it is a terrible fucking idea. Okay, tipping. Uh, King Kong has stretched his lead out to three points. It's a very early in the season to have such a large lead. Uh, on 75 there in second place, uh, we have Andy, six again, Yana, Sneaky Kiwi, Benny, 89, Matt, and on a blood buzz, and then that takes us down to seventh, and then one point back, JBB, Nightmare, and the East-West Arabian Swamp Echidnas. Mm. So, get your tips in. And that is it for full-time, that's full-time for episode 362. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. Our Facebook community lives at hashtag Twill Nation. The direct link for that one, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Twill Nation. Get in there and uh, we'll uh, process your application immediately as soon as we get the notification. Um we're also on facebook.com forward slash this week in the league. So make sure you hit the like button, share the posts around and all that sort of things. Help us spread the good word. And if you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you want to go the extra mile, our digital memberships are still available and can be picked up anytime for $3.99 a month. Had a review this week come through uh, from a Half Mo Rocks, top shelf, five stars. How a Broncos fan comes to love this show is a pure example of why it's so damn good. Get on it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And uh, lastly, thank you again to Manscaped for supporting the show. Get your lawnmower 3.0 now at manscaped.com and use the code TWILLNATION to save 20% and get free shipping on your order. Hashtag and, um, Yuri, if you Yuri do, of Shiri. <laughs> Yuri of Shiri, yes. And uh, make sure if you do, do if you do avail yourself of the deal, let us know that you did. Fuck yes. Because we'd be very interested to know and uh, feel free to... Throw us your own anecdotes. Send photos. Business at this weekend. No. <laughs> Send photos. <laughs> Send photos. I don't know what your fucking Twitter handle is these days. You change it too much. <laughs> um, yeah. Put it in the subject line so that I can forward it immediately to stepdad's email because I don't need to see that shit. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Enjoy. Enjoy. See you next week. Later.
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.